Hey, yo, it's DJ yo, it's K. Slay from around the way, the drama king, repping Eastside Spanish Harlem, El Badio. And right now, we gonna get into my man's shit with what you hit, such as... All my Harlem niggas, my BK niggas. Killer, 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 dog. Back up town, baby, Lennox Ave. My Oye's on Broadway all day. Uh, come Hey, yo, you love the way I... Hey, okay, you know it's a lot of niggas who be out there, yo, like, Cam is whack, K is whack, you know what I mean? I don't fuck with Cam, I don't fuck with K, fuck with you know what I mean? The thing is, you right, you know what I mean? We don't fuck with y'all, man, you think I really like to do this, man? I'm just nice at what I do, man, I ain't got time to be fucking stooped up and scooped up in the motherfucking studio in the house, right in my heart out with some fucking rounds, I do this one month out the year, you know what I mean? The rest of the fucking year, I'm out in LA. I'm down in Miami, both with the time. I'm going to Switzerland. I'm trying to smoke the back weed from New Amsterdam. I ain't got time to do this shit. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Throw Blacks, presented by Black Friend. I am J5 here with Josh Pease. Josh Pease. MC in the building. We throwing it up. What's going on, pals? The, 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 the funniest shit I ever heard was in the Jim Jones. Uh, it was like the. The Miami DVD he had it came with the, the album. Yeah, when somebody from uh from Burger said, "Throw that shit up like a dirt bike," and I was like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the funniest, that was one of the funniest things I ever heard." Him. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" But big show today. Obviously, Throw Blacks is our look back at a classic album uh, from the past that that was kind of like you know influential to us, but it yeah. could have been influential to the culture in in any way, shape, or form. So we've already done two episodes of this already. Uh, we did Rick Ross's uh, Deeper Than Rap. We did Fifty Cents, Get Rich or Die Trying, and now we're 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 kind of running through like some of my like our like old young classics. Yeah, here. we're getting this like early two thousands back yeah. a lot. Like we need to expand <laughs> a little bit. I think the next one we always listen to uh, suggestions from the fans. So Patreon subscribers, let us know what y'all want next. Yeah. Um, Deeper than rap was one that came from the fans. So yeah, yeah let us know. But you know, early two thousands. That's uh our formidable years. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, really we were in tw- we were two thousand three two months ago. Yeah, yeah. I feel like 50 Cent even liked our uh, Throw Blacks a couple months ago because now he's doing a whole tour of it yeah. 20 years yeah. later. Yeah. Our influence. Our influence. Right. Hey, look at us. Look at us. But That's how it is, man. Influence our insider knowledge. Absolutely. One or, one or the other. <laughs> I, I got to say, though, the Rick Ross episode, I feel like, was really great because it, it helped us delve into conversations about just really how the game was going at the time. Yeah. No, nah, definitely. It gave you kind of like an idea of the climate and yeah. just what was going on and even just how Ross emerged yeah. as this hip hop superstar. And now, you know, you see today he's doing car shows, he's doing car he's shows. beefing with envy, <laughs> beefing, beefing with the, the County of, of Atlanta <laughs> or Cobb County, whatever it is, the Cobb County. He's, he's everywhere. So shout out to Ross, man. Um, definitely one of our stars that came in those, those years. Um, and yeah, now we're 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 on to another one. Yeah. Um, you know, a Cam. Yeah. Cam and just, yeah, like look at what Cam's done in the last I'm just talking about right now, currently yeah. in the last six months with just the sports show and him and Mace kind of having their reunion uh reunion. It's perfect timing. Man, it's perfect timing. Super perfect. Yeah. So this month, obviously, as you see from the title of this episode, is diplomatic community. This is something that a lot of people 
have been like they can't wait to talk about it or mm-hmm. for us to talk about it rather. Diplomats, Cameron, that's one of my favorite topics. Yeah, no, I, I'm the biggest Diplomats fan, and yeah. I'm not, I'll, I'll take that back. I'm not the biggest because there's tons of big yeah, Diplomat yeah. fans out there. <laughs> you, uh, our good fan Jeremy of DVD Couture, uh, Mark. I, I know every like everyone that came up in that time are just so influenced by diplomats yeah. in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. And it's even like the, the diplomats family tree. Cause you got like, you know, bird gang and Jim Jones. And, and just the other day I was talking to my homie, Matt and he's like stack bundles is his favorite rapper. rapper. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> that's from that family tree. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, shout out to the dips. Um, you know, I, when they were coming up, I was a big, um, I was a big purple city bird gang fan. You, why did you like the D, the D team? We're going to get into the different like, Yeah, they were the like the teams, yeah, like NWO, NWO Black and Black White. And, yeah. yeah, we always <laughs> talk about the NWO Black and White for some reason. I don't know why. But I like them just because like, they were like the real swag of it all. And like when you looked under the hood, you're like, okay, these are the dudes that's really in the streets right? selling weed at the moment. Like Shice Bub, <laughs> shout out to what he's built with Smokers Club. Yeah. And, and yeah, man, no, I was a big uh, Purple City Bird Gang fan. Um, I'm trying to blank on his name. Shice Bubs. Shice Bubs. What was the light-skinned nigga name? Agala. Agala. <laughs> I ended up meeting him randomly. This was like probably like 29, 2009, maybe 2010. Yeah. I met him at like Magic, one of those show like agenda yeah. showcases or whatever. And I was just like geeked out. I was like, bro, I got to get, I got a photo and everything. Because Agala also has a classic song in Grand Theft Auto 3. Oh, yeah. If y'all remember that. If we gonna give this all that we got, yeah, man. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Game radio, shout out to everybody who played GTA Three. Uh, I, I mean, one of his best lines: "Welcome to the gangster world, the Aguilar." Aguilar, where it's me, me and my niggas, my bitches, my guns, and my cars. There you go, hey man, I kill these rap stars. <laughs> Perfect song. I like ride around with a gangster broad. You know how much you know how much GTA is instilled in our brains. Yes, it's scary almost. <laughs> it's super scary, yo, for sure, but. To start off, because this is like this is gonna be this is gonna be quite a lengthy episode because mm-hmm. we got I want to go through and, and when I came up with this the show uh, the the, sh- the run of show I was like there's such there's such a a great lore with Cameron and the diplomats because the diplomats were always there in the background mm-hmm. like in the shadows they were always there but Cameron was in the forefront so I want to go back uh, two years before uh, Big L passed away where Cameron meets Notorious B.I.G. And Notorious B.I.G. says, yo, you the future. This guy's up next. Then now Cam, he's from Harlem. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the, you know what I'm saying, the, the borough, the, isn't there like some type of borough thing between Harlem and, and Brooklyn and all that stuff? Or, is, or is that, was that just back then? Absolutely a thing. Um, it's funny though, Biggie was one of those guys that always blurred those lines. Yeah. I feel like he always just reached out to people from different boroughs right. and like, I don't know. Like you, I mean, even when you think about Biggie, he was signed to Bad Boy, which you know, Puff is originally from Harlem. Right. Um, some people would say upstate New York, but <laughs> but he claimed Harlem. But yeah, so Biggie was always one of those guys that's just like, I'm just trying to reunite the city. The city. Yeah. Right. So he he meets Biggie, then kind of goes over. You know, Mace obviously knows Cam, and and they they form a relationship, or or they've already formed a relationship from from their childhood, and Cameron gets signed. To uh to Lance Un Rivera and Entertainment. Remember Entertainment? Entertainment. Un- un- <laughs> Entertainment. Yeah. They also had um I think they had Charlie Baltimore. Yeah, Charlie Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what's what's funny now is that Lance actually has a new Vlad TV interview out. Oh have shit. You been really? watching that? Yeah. I haven't peeped. He actually said that he felt as though uh Cam signing the Rockefeller was a shot at him. It was like it was the it was basically to ruin his whole operation. But you know, Cam would say later, you know. Even during that time, Cameron said, "Hey, the the oppor- you know the opportunity with Lance just wasn't right for me." Yeah, I mean, Lance wasn't really a, a 
I mean, I don't like Lance shit wasn't really popping off. And after yeah. the whole Jay situation, it probably wasn't going to pop off. He talks about the Jay situation. Yeah. I, I would, I know Vlad is, is Vlad, but like, I, th- I feel like sometimes he kind of gets a really cool guest on there. Yeah. And the Lance, the Lance interviews were, were, were pretty dope. I would assume it's like a funny time too for Cam. Like you're probably like a couple months or at least a year after Big Pass. Big ends up being one of the big, the bigger uh, supporters of Cam. Now that he's gone, you know your career is in different hands. Mm-hmm. Who knows how much Lance was invested into, you know, Children of the Corn with him, Mace, L, Bloodshed, yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. And now you're, you know, trusting your career in a much different time, which ends up leading towards the remainder of his career, which we're going to talk about soon. So Cam, I mean. Back in the day, Cam was a lot more dexterous and and like kind of, I would say the word rubbery as far as a rapper. Like yeah, he was all over no. the place. Well, <laughs> it's funny. I, Cam was always a great fucking rapper. Absolutely. And like that's the thing I think he doesn't get credit for a lot because, you know, when the dip set started to pop off, he was known more for his style. And not just his style like visually, but just his style of rap. Like mm-hmm. he just had a good rap style. But mm-hmm. before that, he was a great rapper. Like Absolutely. you could see him battling an Eminem. Like, yeah. it, he he had a very Eminem-ish style to it was, me. Again, like... like it damn near was, like, horrorcore at some exactly. point. Like, he had some, like, lines where you're like, damn, Remember okay. violence? Yeah, <laughs> like... <SD. laughs> like, so he, he puts out 357, Horse and Carriage, that Confessions of Fire was a, was a moment. You know what I'm saying? When, when that shit came out. And again, you had the hype of Biggie saying that he was the one, and then Biggie passes, and then he's... And then, you know, Cameron had a lot of pressure on his shoulders at the time, especially to carry yeah. New York to that next stage, mm-hmm. and especially mm-hmm. knowing Mace and then all of that situation, Horse and Carriage was a smash hit for I, for for that time. Like I still, absolutely. I mean, I feel as though, especially for Cam's older hits, and I know we're talking about you know this is literally the peak of of Cameron <laughs> that we're gonna talk about today, but like nobody really goes back to three fifty seven and Horse and Carriage that much no more, man. And I think they should. I feel like revisiting on Confessions of Fire, I listened to Me and My Boo, Charlie Baltimore. It ends up being a song that, you know, I think a lot of people could include in their Valentine's Day joints right now. D-Rugs is something that's huge for me. D-Rugs was one of the, it's crazy, crazy story, ends up being one of the songs that in high school we had to talk about songs that we ended up feeling as poetic. I chose two and ended up being Cameron, D-Rugs, and 50 Cent. Also had a similar kind of record like that with the Baltimore Love thing. I ended up choosing, choosing both of those. That's funny. Baltimore Love thing is one of 50's best songs. I was just talking about that last night. I literally said that's one of my favorite songs. It's, it's great. Like that run, just sidetracking a little bit. Uh, Ski Mass Way, uh-huh. Baltimore Love thing. And I forgot what was the song. God after? Gave Me Style? No, no, it was that later. Nah. Nah, God Gave Me Style was later than that. Damn, like I'm trying to think. It's like three. It's a three song. Was it Guns run. Come Out? Nah. Gotta look real quick, man. Because it's a three song run that's just impeccable. Like that's one of the best three song runs. Oh, rider music, rider music. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, those three go. songs back to back. I'm like, oh, this is bag. <laughs> I like literally went back in my head, like, how the fuck? That? Again, you talk, you talk to the right ones right here. We talk about certain artists, and the massacre was it was in my tape, in my CD, my CD deck for a long, long time. So I would say when I was younger, I wasn't really up on Cam and the Confessions of Fire age. Like obviously, I knew what Horse and Carriage was, yeah. but like it was still kind of like. Oh, he's just like a like another rapper at that point. And then you get to his second album, SDE, Sports, Drugs, and Entertainment. I believe it was supposed to be called that, and it had a logo of the oh, NBA yeah. thing, like the NBA logo. With the, with with the, the gun. With the gun. Yeah, yeah. The promo <laughs> for that shit was so fire. I remember seeing that in like a, a XXL magazine or something. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cam's coming. No, it was actually the source because Double XL wasn't even around at that time. And what you're starting to see now is Cam's kind of like his, his flair for marketing. That's mm-hmm. number one. 
and also his absurdity because this is around the time when he's he's doing cartwheels with Big Tigger on Rap City. And you're starting to really see who he really is. And also, this is the time when you start to see the dips. Yes. Like, you had Joel's credited on that album. was just Joel's. Yeah, just Joel's. Uh, Freaky Zeke and, and Jim were on the track. Jim Jones was always Jim Jones, though, right? Yeah, yeah. He was, okay. or he was Jimmy, Jimmy Jones. Jones. Jimmy Jones. Jimmy yeah. Jones. Yeah, so it was like everyone was kind of coming into themselves yeah. at that time. But you all, at on the second album is when you saw them in the background. Absolutely. Like, I don't really remember them in the Horse and Carriage video. It was him and Mace. Yeah, yeah. The whole time. Yeah, but so, this one, he, like, had his his co-stars. On, on What Means the World Do You, you see Jimmy in the in the bubble bath, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which, again, is just, I, you had to be there, I guess. I'm not going to question it. You had to be there. That must that might have been jiggy. But things get a little tricky for Cameron after his uh, second album, which he feels as though didn't get the promotion and the love that it should have. I feel like in a lot of ways, I, I would imagine he felt like they should have they should have wrote for him a lot more for the the NBA logo thing. But they were, you know, Sony and Epic was just like absolutely the fuck not, and mm-hmm. he ends up wanting to uh, leave <clears throat> from uh, Sony Ep- uh, Sony Epic, and it takes him a while to do that. Yeah, no, nah, he was. I I think at that time it was just like it wasn't a players' league. No, like <laughs> it was harder for for rappers to get off labels, so he had to like yeah. really kind of campaign for that. Mm-hmm. And his campaign started to mi- on the mixtape circuit. Yep. He started putting out mixtapes. Started joining up with people like Ja Rule. Started yep. joining up with a lot of a lot of a lot of like prominent New York artists that were coming up. And at this time, like Ja Rule was on Def Jam, right at this yeah, point. And yeah. Cameron was getting a lot of looks. And he eventually gets off of Sony, uh, and he goes independent. And not too long after that, he gets a phone call from a good friend of his named Damon Dash, who had another label called Rockefeller Records. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it, t- it took Cameron like two, like wait, what, one and a half, almost almost one year to get off. Yeah, well, I want to, I really want to talk about that mixtape run because like in that process, it's like you got him linking up with DJ Enough and K Slay yeah. came out of nowhere and actually hosted all the Diplomat mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, those were the years when it's like, okay, like this guy is, he got something. Yeah. And this is when you saw Jewels Ju- and Jim kind of come into them, their own yeah. as rappers. And you're like, okay, like, this is actually a crew. It's not just Cam. And um, yeah, you know, that's when the Rockefeller thing happened. And, and you know, the rest is history, as they say. What's most important is this era being now the second moment that Cameron has to put trust in somebody new especially in this point of his career where he is trying to get the album that he has been trying to put out for the past couple of years because we talked about, you know, big passing and him now having to trust somebody else with that. But also around that 2002 era, he's now a couple of years removed from a friend that we had brought up recently. Mace is now gone. Yes. He's disappeared. Didn't he's in mention, Atlanta. Didn't mention Mace. Not a single. Yeah, he's not a single part of his career, Cameron's career specifically, because he has switched out of rap, a huge, huge rap career at that yeah. in that 1997-1998 period where Cam was riding with him, where Mace, funny enough, had his own issues with Jay-Z at that point in time, <laughs> but now he's completely removed from rap, almost cursing rap and calling it devil music specifically yeah. out in Atlanta, and Cam now has to uh, trust somebody else in Rockefeller Records in this point of his career. How do we feel about the Mace going and leaving rap and becoming a, a, a pastor thing? It literally made no sense to me at the time. Like, as a young kid, I'm like, huh? But for me, it was also like, I don't know. Like, I, Mace wasn't missed to me yeah. for some reason. Like, I think he had already started to kind of, like, fall off to Why me a little bit. Why wasn't he missed, though? Because I, 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 I feel that same sentiment, too, where it's like when, when Mace left, people moved on. 
Well, I wasn't really <laughs> fucking with um Harlem World. Okay. The, not the album, but the, the crew. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, you already kind of falling off. You got mm. all these niggas behind you that's not tight. Like he fell off like quick though. I mean, yeah. you had Harlem World, the 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 album. Well, you, before, like you know what it is too. Like rap just got way more grimier. Yeah. Like you had the new bad boy coming in, the mm-hmm. Loon and Black Locks. Rob and Locks yeah. and like, and then you had DMX and mm-hmm. like Ja Rule. Like everybody was kind of getting more gangster, and Mace <laughs> was so pretty with it that I was just like, huh. But Mace was pretty, but he would kill you in the like. Mace has a lot of like gun oh, no. bars though. Like no, yeah, going back to bars. Mace catalog, it was like, oh, like when I when I go back as an adult, I'm like, oh, he was really talking that shit. He yeah. was doing it in a very slick way. Yeah, like I think it was the, just the draw and like the list was yeah. just kind of like didn't make you think. But yeah, he um yeah, it was just like a different era. And he just his his visual was so shiny mm-hmm. that it was like a time. Shiny suits. Yeah, like yeah. it was like, okay, like everyone else was dark. Yeah. Get at me, dog video. I was like, niggas better not ever put on a shiny suit again. <laughs> I need some raw <laughs> shit like this. Like and honestly, that changed the tide. Yeah. Like, so yeah, him going away, it was like, okay, like it's your time to go. And it's funny because like Cam never really was that shiny suit. It would it, Cam was still grimy, at least at this time. Yeah, it yeah. It was still Timbo. I look at the cover of Confessions of Fire. It, like, it reminds me of that one Simpsons episode. Like, oh, uh, whatever. What, uh, well, I got the power. Yeah, when they had the, yeah, the, the steel mill. The steel mill. Yeah. Steel, steel mill with a, a leather fucking overall, no shirt. Like, what was Cam thinking? And he was looking like this. What was Cam thinking for real? Like, that shit. Was he holding the sledgehammer? Yeah, she was. Honestly, that was like a time when, I mean, I don't know, I wasn't around, but I feel like that was a time where they were just having rappers do shit. Do anything. And rappers just like, all right, <laughs> sell records. <laughs> so Y'all turning this into rhythm uh, uh, Rhythm as a dancer is hilarious. Hey, uh-huh. You could hey, put the camera on, Confessions of Fire up there. It's the reason the goggles. Yeah, the goggles. Oh, my God, Cam. What was you thinking? What was he doing? And also, what's the Confession of Fire? I don't yeah, I mean... Honestly, that's fi- that title's kind of fire. If you think about it, fire. If you think about it in the sense of like how he was rapping at the time, yeah, it was. All, I, the cover should have been like him in a confession booth, yeah, like saying some wild shit, like because he was just on some wild shit. I think they were just two in their marketing bag, they were yeah. Like, Confessions of fire, even still S- mill. Even SDE was kind of like, yeah, the SDE cover was just a photo of him, like a yeah. portrait. <laughs> They just gave up. He learned his lesson. He was like, I ain't trying to look sus. Like, just, yeah. just take a photo. Like he Headshot. <laughs> he learned his lesson. And, and, and to your point, Josh, Cam was on an island. And Dame comes through and he says, I got the perfect, I got the perfect label for you. It's 2001. The Jay-Z Nas beef obviously at its peak, right? And then Blueprint comes out that September. And then after mm-hmm. that, it's December. But, and I guess we'll get to this later. Cam signs the Rockefeller. And I think we could call that be- the beginning of the end of Rockefeller. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, man, because like. Because he did it. Because remember, Jay didn't know. And well, or was it Jay didn't know that he was making Cam a president? Yeah, that's what it was. And Jay, this is when Jay, like this is when the whole Jay and Nas shit was hot. Yeah. And Jay had went on vacation. Yes. And then Jay found out in like the south of France. Like, it, <laughs> But the, Jay was already hanging out with Lior and Kevin Lyles yeah. behind Dame back though. But And this is my thing. It's like. <laughs> It was just a it was a weird time for Rockefeller. It was the beginning of the end. You're it absolutely was. right. But I think Cam kind of sped up that process. Yeah, and, and why we say it's the beginning of the game, and we'll get to this in a second, because like it's intertwined. The the diplomat story, and I I, I wonder if you agree with this, uh, MC too. The diplomat story is very intertwined with the Jay Z story. I would almost call it a B story to what Jay's A story with Nas and Dame and all them is, where diplomats came in, and it immediately changes the look of Rockefeller because. At this time, in 2001, 2002, 
Diplomats were the coolest thing out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they, that's when they were kind of on that mixtape run. Yeah. They kind of had that, the streets. Mm-hmm. And then them coming to Rockefeller, kind of like, you know, all the Rockefeller people look like Jay-Z's little homies. Yeah. And they came in looking like, what? Their we own not, people. Yeah, we got our own shit rolling. And then, I mean, even internally, you know, they tell the story all the time about how they, like, were in the Def Jam office and, like, they found a closet and turned yeah. it into a, a diplomat, <laughs> a diplomat uh, office. office. <laughs> so it's like they just were coming in with their own energy and emotion. And I think... Cam, not Cam, Dame was really appreciative of that because a lot of the Rockefeller dudes were like waiting for their turn. Right. So And they were like absolutely like taking their turn. So this is around December 4th. Cam says to MTV, they had, they had an article about this. Uh, Cam says, I bring a different essence to Rockefeller. You got Philly MCs, Brooklyn MCs. They got some R&B, but they don't got no Harlem flavor. And again, he's at the peak right now. He knows he's the cool. Because this is when you start to see Cam's, you know, he's been spurned by his best friend, Mace. He's gone. He left his label. Cam, this is where we get the, the like the real Cam that we all know and love today. Yeah. He completely changes the style. I don't think I've ever seen, no lie, I've never seen a rapper change their style like this crazy, like Cam did. Like, you mean from like mm-hmm. his second album to his third? Yeah, game? from his second to his oh, third. Yeah. Never I mean, seen it. Well, you know, it's funny, man, because I was just looking at some photos. It was already happening. Okay. And I think that's why the second album looked just like a headshot. He yeah. was like, <laughs> but then the third album was like, it's just swag it was just yeah. literally like he was like i'm about to come in as myself right i'm about to come in as a hustler i'm not like letting the label dress me i'm not having a, a stylist i'm gonna come in with my kooji and, and be like yo this is me do you feel like he wasn't himself at the first two albums i think yeah absolutely I, I think you know he was a rapper at the time and like rappers were very much put into a box and put into clothes like mm-hmm. hey you gonna wear this you gonna do this like even rockefeller artists to a certain degree were like that like it's like yo y'all gonna wear it we all wearing throwbacks, y'all on that, and it's like, <laughs> nigga, we probably don't want to wear throwbacks. Yeah. Like, so yeah, he he definitely was able to be himself after that Sony situation. So Cam already had a third album in the tuck at this point. It was called Blow. I don't know if you guys remember that it was it was going to be called Blow off of the movie, obviously. Mm. And uh, but Cam mm. says to MTV, "It's time to blow up." <laughs> he said, "I've been sitting around with two gold albums. It's time to hit that next level. My album's been done. That's why I signed a Rockefeller. They hurried and bought my album from Sony. I'm doing some new songs, but if I didn't touch a song, it would still be hot. Such, such a camp quote. Harlem niggas, boy. <laughs> hey, you can't take that cadence. But I, there's a quote. There's there's one quote here that I, that I, I wanna I wanna harp on a little bit. He says, "I don't want people to think I'm a team jumper. To get it correct, unlost his deal and I was forced to go to Epic. Epic, they're great on the R&B tip, but I'm not answering to a nigga about hip hop who's who's wearing some damn khakis and moccasins. That happened with Epic. I couldn't work with them." I'm not gonna sit back and listen to somebody who listens to three OW all day. So he's our. You know what's crazy? He's A and R still wearing khakis and moccasins. <laughs> Shit ain't changed at all. And on top of that, he wrote for three OW. What's with the low blow there? Hey, hey. Nah, but he he brings he was up mad. A good, he was hungry. Brings up a good point though. If you look at Cam's albums, his earlier albums, he had Usher on an album mm-hmm. early. He had Destiny's Child. Yep. Um, Shit, he had Kelly Price on the song. He did. And that shit that's like, huh? Like, it don't really, in the grand scheme of Cam's career, it's like, that don't really make the most sense. But, um, you know, that, those are absolutely label plays. And, and, and again, he's coming in with the, with the energy on Rockefeller that Rockefeller has never seen before. The deal is reportedly for $4.5 million for Cameron. Huh. And they took diplomatic, the Diplomatic Records uh, uh, imprint with them. Okay. So this is a pretty big deal that Dame is bringing on to to Jay Z's plate, essentially that he might not have been ready for, and these are some wild dudes. Yeah, no, nah, I mean it's funny. Like I, I've always wondered about the dynamic of just like doing deals and like who could approve and all that yeah. shit at that time. Like I absolutely believe that Cam and Jay were in agreement of this deal. You think so? I think so. I think it 
I think the the, the president thing and might have threw Jay for a loop, but then that wasn't really sealed yet. Right. I think it was just something that was talked about and they got overzealous and talked about it on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I think the label and like the the, the deal, like I'm I, I can't I can't believe that Dame signed that deal behind Jay's yeah, back. Jay's that back doesn't make the most sense. So I wanna I wanna get into because like right after he signs the Rockefeller, then. Because, I mean, we're still literally, like, a year away from diplomatic community. But even in that year, Cam doesn't stop working. Oh, no. We get introduced to Diplomats Volume 1 and Volume 2. And the Diplomat Volume Trilogy, or, or shit, what was it, quadri- Quadrilogy? Whatever What's the five one? Quint- Quint- Quintology? Quintology yeah. or some shit? <laughs> that begins in 2002 with uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2. But that also kind of like intertwines with Cameron's first, uh, third album, Come Home With Me. But before we get to Come Home With Me, the Diplomat volumes, what's your favorite ones? Oh, man, it'd probably be... Gotta be five. Ah, uh, nah. Five I, is my favorite. I'm like an early, like a two, maybe. Oh, huh? with the Nas shit. Yeah, the Nas, yeah, that was the best one to me. They were talking that shit. That was like a whole Nas diss album. It was. Well, shit. And, and I want to talk about that, too, with, with Diplomatic Community, because that intertwines with a lot of the Nas oh, stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. That, that is, ends up coming up. But these, would you say that they, Diplomats and 50 Cent, were kind of moving the, the mixtape kind of movement at that time? Absolutely. Uh, you know, even beyond just the dip set. Uh, people don't really talk about the, the volumes anymore, and I think it's because they're not available on streaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even without those volumes, you still had them kind of doing freestyles yeah. for other tapes right. and just, like, being present amongst the, the mixtape circuit. So, yeah, no, they absolutely were, like, pushing it. I damn near think, you know, between them and 50, like, other people kind of took that blueprint and were like, oh, shit, we need to, we need to get hot in the streets. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they needed to. What, do you, what about you, MC? As far as tapes, as far as the importance of the tapes? Yeah. I always remember one of the first times that Double XL ended up putting out like a list of the 20 greatest mixtapes of all time. I was probably like 14, 15 at the point in time. And at that time, there was a very small list of tapes that you could actually choose from to make the top 20. And there's so many different Diplomats and G-Unit tapes, obviously one of these being the five volumes that end up being represented in that. And just like Josh said, I feel like there is definitely an area where Diplomats fans really keep it to themselves and really love it, although there's a whole entire generation of people that probably like a lot of Cameron, a lot of Joels, and a lot of Jim Jones that can't enjoy it right now but these were really the predecessors and the precursors to everything that we were able to Mm -hmm. hear within the next couple of months of diplomatic immunity obviously they end up inheriting beef they end up doing their own things freestyles things of that nature uh it ends up being some of the more favored moments of dipset in my opinion and you ask a favorite you ask a favorite Mm -hmm. don't say four i don't know don't say four (sighs) No, or literally, before well, came, four, four was amazing. Four came out the week before Diplomatic Community came out. It had half the album on that bitch. <laughs> yeah, four, four was a, four was amazing, and then it had a little bit of the Purple Haze bootleg. He had Yayo on there early. Yep, he Yayo couldn't even put Yayo anywhere. Yeah. Um, what else was on there? Uh, they had they had the early or the original rendition of What's Really Good. Yeah. They wrapped on Money Cash Hose on there. Four was good. I'd say least impact. Uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say least impactful because all five of them impactful. What, three? three was yeah. three is probably bottom tier. Even though three has a ten out of ten intro. Yeah. Um, two Platinum, was amazing. Five's a classic. <laughs> One, it's got to be like either five or two if I really had to choose. But one, you know, sets the stage of Cam now having all of this stuff. And not only does he have new music that he mm-hmm. wants to bring to mm-hmm. you, but he also wants to introduce you to his new friends. And there you go. That's yeah. a good transition to Diplomats Volume 1 and 2. Having a lot of songs that had Leave Me Alone on there. It had uh, it had Old Boy on there. And let me tell you, Old Boy was a fucking moment. All right? Oh, yeah. No, that was a shit. Like when Old Boy came out, that's why it just, that's why I always felt like, 
the 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 beef the Jay Z yeah. beef didn't really exist because it's like everybody was like oh boy is that oh boy Dude, Cam jumped on or Jay jumped on it but he he deleted his ass off yeah but that here's was my thing <laughs> I feel like the the diplomat Jay Z beef was some of it was 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 too many heads in the studio hyping each other up and some of it was the fans I feel like a lot of it was the fans talking and saying Cam's how Jay's gonna how's Jay gonna let Cam take over the company yeah I mean I, I like even the deleting the verse thing I feel like because he deleted the verse because Jay he had said it was it. whack. Nah, Jay had took his verse off of something, and it was like his retaliation. I forgot no, what it was. I, I, I thought I, th- I'm pretty sure it's because because J- Cam thought the verse was whack. Nah, there was a whole thing. I, he talked about it on Drink Champs, I think. Because Cam, because Cam always talks about Jay Z said I'm the boy or something like that. And he said, man, cut that shit off and delete it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he said that Jay came in. And it cut it cut his verse, and then walked out to the studio, and then and then uh, I, I guess Cam listened to it and was just like just cut this cut this shit off and delete. I don't want to hear it again. I'm telling you, I feel like the beef was a lot of factors, but we'll we'll get into it a little bit a little bit later when we get into diplomatic community because there's a lot of lines on diplomatic immunity, immunity that I'm pretty sure. No, so I just looked it up because he talked about a million dollars worth of game. Yeah. Um, I think it was one for PD Crack. It was a PD Crack yes. song that had Cam on there. It has Cam on it, yeah. And Jay took the Cam verse off. <laughs> And Cam felt the way about that, and he took Jay off of Oh Boy. So who, so who started it then? I mean, honestly, I, Jay might have had reason to take it off. Jay, this was Euro Jay, by the way. This is Euro Jay. Why did one for PD Crack do so much damage? Kanye's in the back. He's begging for some air. He's begging for at least three minutes to rap. They got him tucked in the back of the damn video. <laughs> Cam gets removed. Why did one for PD Crack do so much damage to Rockefeller Records? It was Records? the beat, bro. It was the beat. <laughs> the beat today, the one for Cre- the one for PD Crack beat might sound like some like like a, a infomercial beat or some shit right today. Like it sounds like some crazy like a commercial or some shit. But back then, you was hitting the dame to that shit. You was hitting the dame <laughs> dash of that shit. One for PD Crack was a record though. That PD was, Crack was supposed to be a star, but I think he just didn't. He got caught in the divorce. Yeah, he got caught in the divorce. Yeah, yeah, because he couldn't figure out which way to go. Because Dame chose him. Yeah, but then he came. He went to Jay at one point. Yeah, too. He yeah. Did. He got. He tried to get picked up again by Jay yeah. and tried to get his radio record popping. Didn't um, but that didn't end up working. So, um, Diplomat Volume One and Volume Two introduces us to the Diplomats, and then we get uh, the third album, which is Come Home with Me, uh, which really kind of opens the, the floodgates for the Diplomats takeover of hip hop. Yeah, y'all know what this is. We back at it. Uh-huh. Come on. It's that 9-11 music right here, man. We in the building, man. Welcome to Ground Zero, everybody. Joel Santana. Dipset. Yo, yo. I speak pain. I spit power. Talk courage. Breathe flowers. So Come Home With Me comes out, 2002. Huge success. Platinum album. Makes Cameron one of rap's biggest stars. But it also introduces the world to Jim Jones and Joel Santana. Joel Santana... No lie, I believe has like four features <laughs> on this album. Oh He's yeah, all over it. No, nah, he probably has more than that. Honestly, it's a Jewel's album to me. Yeah, like it's funny enough. I remember that time like Jewel's was coming out, and his name is LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron James. And I was like, oh, this is a prophecy. This is LeBron James and LeBron James. Like this is it. If only it worked out that way. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's I swear I was I was I was like, this is it. 
This well, is the next well, star Lloyd, Lloyd Banks was calling himself the rap LeBron James. Joel was calling himself the rap He-Man. I don't know if that was working. Right. I, just LeBron James. When, when I found out his name was LeBron, LeBron James, I was like, oh, it's over. How fucking cool was Joel Santana He's in 2002-2003? So much cooler than Lloyd Banks. I don't even give a fuck what Lloyd Banks is calling like, himself. Really? Song. So much cooler. You, he had us rocking the bandanas flipped up and tied a certain fucking yeah. way. Really low ball fade, by the way. You can so see no hair. The big ass earrings in your ear. Big ass coat. Big ass Pelly Pelly coat. Tim's big ass jeans. Joel Santana in a nutshell. Yeah, Joel's is literally a style icon. Yeah, I think you is. know even I, <sighs> next to Cam that says a lot because he's yeah. next to Cam. Yeah, like he was that one. And it's like you know at the time. It was always like that. You kind of had the young nigga that was next to the nigga. Yeah. And it was like, you always identify with him more. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm closer in age to him. He kind of got the swag. He had the ladies. <laughs> like, nah, Joel's was that nigga. He was showing us what the 80s was like. You feel me? <laughs> he was showing us what the 80s was like. And again, like, let's, I guess let's break it down to like the members before we even get into it. Like, Joel's at the time, you first hear him on uh, the, the first song on Come Home With Me, uh, Losing Weight Part 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his verse to me is like, and again, this is like a sinister ass beat. Like, it, like it's, yeah. it's not like a horror movie, but he sounds way wiser than his years would, would have you think. He was only like like 19 years old or something like that at yep. the time. And I was like, wow, like, who is this kid? Yeah, nah, Joel's was always one of those ones that like, another like really good rapper yeah. that like in a different time would probably be a fucking battle rapper or yeah. like some like, like he just kind of had a really, like he just knew how to rap. Yeah. But he had the style to go with it, and that's what made him, you know, this dipset kind of, uh, I hate to call him a pretty boy. But like. <laughs> he was their blue chip. He was like their first draft pick. You know what I mean? Exactly. And Cam, he says it himself. He says, Cam betting the house on me, and he did. L- look at where Joel's is on this album. He's featured prominently. He's on a song with, with Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Let's just be clear. This is the first exposure we've ever really had to him. He's on a song with Jay-Z doing the chorus. So that means that, and, and Cam's smart because whenever they perform that song, Jewels has to be there, yep. and he has to be right next to him. He's on he's on Cam's biggest hit off the album, which is a uh, Hey Ma. Yep, and has a has, has like the, the, arguably the best verse. Yeah, the first verse of the whole thing. Yeah, he said he's gonna show you what the '80s like. Yeah, no, like Jewels was that nigga at the time, and that's I, I just gotta keep reiterating that. Like he, it was almost like he was bigger than Cam to some. Yeah, because it, it, was, it was a young movement, but I think Cam wanted wanted it any other way. You know what I mean? And and I feel like the un, the the selflessness of Cam. Even extends to to Jim Jones, who at the time, Jim Jones wasn't considered like a rapper, rapper. Like, yeah, he didn't Jim, become that for another four or five years. The funny thing about Jim at the time was like early Cam, like yeah. SDE, Confessions of Fire. Jim yeah. was just a hype man, exactly. And then with his hair know, out, yeah. And then <laughs> you know, might have been the the manager. I don't know, yeah. role manager. But yeah, in this stage, he started to come out as a rapper, mm-hmm. and he was absolutely terrible. <laughs> to me personally mike tyson punched miss green in the face <laughs> yeah like his, his raps were so bad um i always tell people my favorite verse from him is on on at least diplomatic community is is i really mean it yeah when he's talking that the, the promo he cuts <laughs> yeah Listen. i'm not even gonna say your last name because that's mine you, you dig me you catch me uh so we get we get to that and as this all is happening the Jay-Z and Nas beef is heating up because, again, we're intersecting between the Blueprint 2, uh, God, it's, not, it's Godson, right? This, we're, the, yep. the, we're intersecting between Blueprint 2, Godson, uh, Come Home With Me, right in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Nas takes a swipe at Cameron on the, on the, on the radio. Well, along with multiple people. Uh, Nori, Nori, some yeah, of his Nori. friends, Angie some of Martinez. his uh, rap peers. Yeah. 
because he's trying to do the hanging Jay-Z stunt at Summer Jam. They shut that down. He goes to power. Hey, the, the and have the nerve to be mad. Like, I'm just I'm, I'm just lost. Like, imagine 2002. You just go to the rap to, to the, the one of the biggest rap festivals of all time and just go. Yeah, man, I want to lynch Jay-Z in in front of in, in New York City. Mind you, he's not doing this in some other state, in some other country. Honestly, it's funny. In New York City. It wasn't a terrible idea. I think Nas just was one of those like very emotional characters yeah. where it's like he has an idea and he's like, I need everybody being in agreement with it though. Like you gotta be <laughs> it. Like and it's like if you would have just did it, you would have probably got your shit you off. Probably would have got because how Jay did the takeover shit, he just did it. Yeah, like he just showed the, the picture of Cam. I think or of Prodigy. Yeah. Prodigy. I think if he had went into it like I need the label to be behind me and all this, like it wouldn't have worked out. But like he did it in a very you know Jay played chess. It was a very meticulous way. Previously. Two weeks ago in New York City. Let's get real and be creative. I buy be- these people albums, you know what I'm saying? And, and they ain't talking about nothing from Cam to everybody. I mean, I like Cam and everything. He's a good lyricist. But the album's whack, man. You know what I'm saying? Y- y'all brothers got to start rapping about something that's real, man. You know what I'm saying? My about man, Nori, life, man. I love you, Nori. Step your rap game up, man. I'm tired of Nelly. You trying to battle KRS-One? Don't follow Nas, man. You can follow Nas if you're gonna be creative, man. Godson, yo, my next album coming out to school. A lot of rappers on how to be a man, cause these brothers got they 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 lit flexing them dictate what's supposed to be hot. That's why Thank I'm you, here man. to let y'all Thank know why I'm not at summer gym. I ain't no Thank sucker, you. man. You know, I mean, flex. Look at flex, man. Look at his face, man. You know what I mean? Look at his. Listen to his voice, man. It's hey, corny, yeah. <laughs> man. Everybody know this, man. I don't know why you rappers be in his face acting like he's live or something, man. You know, you know why. I mean, yo, Flex, on, if you listening, man. You know why. You know why, man. You know I told you, man. You know what I'm saying? All these dudes up here acting, taking money on the tape, play records, act like they the ones who know what music is. Nah, man. Dudes is corny. You artists, let them DJs know. When you go up to that station, look them in his eyes, man. Don't let them sell you out like he's a bigger star than you. His album is bigger than your album. His weekend is bigger than your release date. Her album is hot. What is that? What's that record they got? Angie's record. Come on, man. Stop disrespecting hip-hop, I don't man. know. Stop it. It's disgusting, man. I don't want to hear about rims on a truck. I don't want to hear the radio disc jockey making records. That's terrible. I want to hear Whoa. true hip-hop music, man. Oh. Nah, for real, man. I mean, you know, this I is mean, real, true. man. That's- Give us something that we can hey, yo, live with. Yeah, and hey, yo, cut before you do that. You know, if y'all y'all don't, y'all don't, don't worry about flex bombing your records and all that sucker stuff. If you really want to get your stuff played, whoever you are, give it to DJ Cut. Give it to Case. In an alternate world, what does it look like if he actually pulls it off? Well, I mean, we saw. I, I was gonna say, ironically, there was a video of the doll. Of the yeah, doll like that came the, out. Yeah, I remember like, that. Like last year, and we got to see what the doll looked like. And I, I'll say that I that I emphasize with or or, or I empathize with hot 97 and Ennis or whoever who want, who didn't want that to happen because the doll looked just like jay-z it i know was, it was like like it was literally lifelike yeah. <laughs> so like they couldn't have done that it's almost like they got jay-z's face as a mold like they caught him when he was asleep and put the mold on his face <laughs> and, then, and then and then put it on the doll. like it was a really lifelike doll so like i could see why they was why it wasn't like a jay-z picture you know what i mean and they put a picture on a dummy's face i think yeah. that he would have got away with that he had a life-size doll yeah. of JC. That shit was crazy. <laughs> I remember when it came out, I was like, damn, this is this nigga was about it's, that. It's getting it's getting way too serious. He disses Cam. I wanna say it didn't take a day before Cameron and Dipset had to hate me now. Uh, oh yeah. Diss, they came out. Oh my it god. It did not take a day. I mean shit, they were on the radio the next day. <laughs> exactly. 
They were on the radio the next fucking day. Yeah, it it was it was it was almost instant in a way where like you know how in the Drake and Meek Mill uh, beef we were like, damn, when's it gonna happen? And we felt like it was taking too long. Yeah, it's because of this shit because it because it took Cam and them like t- literally twelve hours to come up with another beef or or, or another song, and you come up with the Hate Me Now uh, diss. Then you had a couple disses after that, and then you had Diplomat Volume Two, uh, Volume. It was three, right? No, it was two. They came out. Two was the one with the disses. With the disses yeah. on it. Yes. So many f bombs thrown. Uh, treat your daughter like R. Kelly. Play with her face. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, when he's beefing with you and he's dissing you, he's taking it there. He's taking it to the next level there, and also mm-hmm. Cam Cam knowing <laughs> the R. Kelly shit, and then still doing Thoya throwing. <laughs> Like, I mean, two years later. Well, the, the, here's my what? thing: the R. Oh, Kelly not, thing. Oh, the, explain this the whole. Life. I mean, the R. Kelly thing at the time, it the piss cool. in my face. It was yeah, it was that was cool barbershop fodder. Everybody was watching it. Yeah. It was like it wasn't like it was. I don't think people really thought about the underage aspect of yeah. it. It was just more like that nigga like he's pissing on the girl. That's this crazy. Is it to like downplay that shit? Yeah, but no, not at all. The, the, I'm, I'm, Josh is right. Like it was, it was to show like a, a bridge between Cam could back in the day. Cam could joke about this. And then go do a song with him, and no one thought anything of it. Like everyone just, that was like a ooh line. You would think R. Kelly was in jail for that shit at that mm-hmm. point. No, he like fucking Chocolate Factory is about to come out, yeah. nigga. Like it was literally like that serious. So these disses come out, and the beef between Nas and Jay gets intertwined with Rockefeller. So now it becomes the Rockefeller beef, mm-hmm. and it it extends all the way out through 2002. And this is past Blueprint Two. J- Jay's kind of off of it. Dipset is not done with this beef after this. What did you think about this, uh, MC? Well, it definitely goes all the way to the 2002 VMAs because throughout the entire summer, we end up, you know, hearing Nas complain about Hot 97 and Angie Martinez. And obviously, Diplomats have now inherited this beef so far to the point that Jay is not completely removed from it. But then the VMAs happen. By that time, Nas is trying to get into Murder Inc., or he is now with Murder Inc., yeah. and Jaw Rule specifically. Something happens at the VMAs. Days later, they dropped Diplomats Volume 3. Cameron explains the entire situation of what happened at the VMAs, and apparently something happens in Queens with some guy named Nene, Nene. and it's like a five-minute promo. <laughs> I'm just going to say some guy named Nene because he used different terminology. And, um, you know, at this point in time, it is now specifically Cam against Nas. If there was a line for Cam to be jailed, it's bringing up that Nas's mom was a hip-hop head, a whip-wop head. <laughs> Nas's mom just passed, bro. <laughs> Nas's mom just passed, bro. Nas dropped dance like a couple months, or, or at least within the same vicinity. Yo, don't don't do it with Cameron, bro. Like, don't even try and diss him. Like, they they went the whole year dissing yeah. Nas. Yeah, like, no, they no. went the whole year dissing Nas, especially Jim Jones. But you start to see now that it's really less of a J thing, and now it's a Cam thing. And again, they're intertwining. And I could see that, like, I could see Jay being like, chafe, like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, <laughs> nah, I feel like Jay was also like, handle my light work. Oh, but Cam, don't, but I would feel like Cam would be like, I'm, this ain't light work to me, nigga. Like, nah, but Cam and them was just so adamant about it that it was just like, okay, I could take a step back and yeah. let them just handle the, the the beef. You you still really think that they was cool with each other at this point? I mean, they were. You got to understand, Jay was on the Dipset mixtapes. There's a couple of Jay records on there. 
It was it Show was, You How. Okay, that was on there. Um, what else? He did was a on remix there? to Show You How also. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple records that just kind of popped up. So it wasn't like there was a real like there wasn't no real. There strike. was respect. Like I think at the very least, Cameron had respect for Jay Z because mm-hmm. as a rapper, as, as what yeah, he did. But I think like that's why I, I always like. I'm so skittish about like everyone being like Cam signing the Rockefeller was the breakup because it's like it was a time where they were all working together. Like even if Jay wasn't on it, you had the Young Guns mm-hmm. and Freeway and Pre Crack. Like it was like they were all still a family. Yeah. So I don't think it was like this big divide when Cam got there. But I could also see the I could also see the opposite side of it. Like from the people that are actually within the war. Like hey, the city is kind of laughing at you right now. They did an actual vote. I said you lost this beef, yeah. and we are the main ones uppercutting this nigga like for months, for months, for months. While you get to cool back, obviously Blueprint Two is not going to come out until November. the end of November, yeah. which Jay probably provides one, two songs to that, and that's it. We are uh, we are uppercutting Nas for and months, clear, and it doesn't feel like it's appreciated. And be clear, Josh. The only line Cam gets in between all of, in between all of this dissing him, even if it was for Jay, is Jay saying snatch Cam and it's a rap. On Blueprint too. That's but that's it. my thing. I'm like, I don't like. I, I just don't see, like that was shown respect. Like I, I'm even looking at the track list. There was a Beanie Siegel Jay Z song on Volume Three. Like there was, they were all. Was that a once team. again a song? Was that once again a song? Uh, what was that? That was. I think it was once yeah, again. Yeah, once again a song. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like they were, they were a team. Like yeah. I mean, I don't like. I, I don't know if people are expecting Jay to like. No, be I, in the video. I, I don't I know. I just think that they, I think they were a style clash, and I think that they, I'm not gonna say that they have to be friends, right? But I don't think that they were like they were close like that. Yeah, I mean, but everybody don't have to be close. It's just no, like okay. you on the label. We like, I, I, I just feel like from the Dipset angle, it wasn't like they were like fuck this nigga Jay. No, and from yeah. the Jay angle, it wasn't like fuck this nigga Cam. Well, in 2003, all of this would change. Yeah, he makes killer. Let's do it. This is it right Come on, here. man. I feel this good, right man. Taliban. Diplomats. Come on. Yeah. Woo. Jim Jones, where you at, baby? I feel Joel good Santana. right now, man. This is music right Come here. On. Once uh-huh. again, where you at? I feel like Rocky or something, man. So 2003, we reached, uh, we reached peak dipset here. They are the hottest commodity in rap, hottest group in rap right now. Um... Everyone loves them. They're waiting for the album. Cam talks to MTV, <clears throat> and he says, and Dipl- he says, Diplomatic Community is going to drop March 25th. He says, our album is going to be like a mixtape. It's a double CD. We do every mixtape and put 20 songs on them, so there's like 80 songs on the street. We don't want people to be like, what happened to this song? What happened to this song? All the best songs from the volume one through four, we put them on one CD, and the other CD will be all new music. Quite a, quite a, lofty, <laughs> quite a lofty promise from Cameron. Mm-hmm. That they end up kind of fulfilling. Yeah, on, no, on the that's the one thing that I loved about that album because it was like all those songs with mixtape songs. Like to have them all in one place as an album when it came out it was like, oh shit, this yeah. is actually here. Yeah. Uh, so we we finally get to diplomatic community, and before we get to that, I want to talk about how nine eleven kind of really kind of pushed forward the idea of this album. Jimmy says in this interview here, he says, uh, "Ground Zero, one of the songs on here." Uh, symbolizes the whole tower incident. He doesn't. Say. Yeah, the way they talked about nine like eleven was, was so nothing. crazy. But it, I mean, that's another thing too. Like, I wasn't in New York. I wasn't on the streets at the time. But like, nine eleven probably really fucked them up in other ways. Mm-hmm, mentally, it, yeah, mentally. Yeah. But just it, not even mentally. It's like imagine. I mean, I think they mentioned it, like the coke prices going up and yeah, shit yeah. like that. And like, 
I don't know. They just actually, they looked at 9-11 in a very different lens than the rest of the world did. Yeah. And it was just crazy just to see how much they leaned into it. I mean, shit, they called the little subgroup the Taliban. The Taliban. That was a street team, actually. Dipset Taliban. Uh, he says, Ground Zero symbolized the whole tower incident. We was picking up the whole revival of New York and our revival, too, because Diplomats is a whole new musical movement. And I mean, you look at the cover of Diplomatic Community. It looks like some Beatles shit. It looks like some like <laughs> rock band type shit. Even the classic, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, photo shoot, them with the private jet, mm-hmm. them wearing Diplomats uh, jackets. Everybody wanted the Diplomat, uh, the diplomat jacket. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted to, th- this was really, you look at this and this is the time capsule of 2003. Yeah, one of my favorite photo shoots from that time was when they were, um, they did Source Magazine and it was them like sitting on the cranes, like yeah. the building being built. Yeah. I always was like, did they really go on the building and like sit up there? Like building the towers. Yeah, y'all. it was crazy. <laughs> like that was, I, I love those photos. They had the airbrush denim suits on, yeah. Tim's and like that really personified that moment for me. And, and again, we, from Diplomatic Community, I want to talk about before we run through the album, I want to talk about the production on this, like the bombastic Man. production from the heat makers, just blaze on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they make up a, a majority of the album. I think uh, Kanye, one of Kanye's ghost producers does something for them. I think he does the first song on there. Um, and it's literally like, everything sounds like it's like a stadium song. On yeah. This album, on this album. Yeah. No, nah, heat makers, they were in their bag. I think this is like, they're coming out party more than anything. Yeah. I think heat makers and jewels were like the MVPs of this album. And, um, yeah, they just, the soundtrack they laid for this, like, it's a sound that, um, that defined New York for me at the time. Absolutely. It was like, okay, this is the New York sound. This, it, it became the New York sound in that it was heavy on samples, mm-hmm. really kind of not, they're not 4-4 drums, they're kind of like, like staggered drums, which I, like, only the dip set could rap on the drums <laughs> that they made for these beats, like, trying to rap over the Champions beat, bro, like, Man. like, 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 what? But I really want to get into, like, Cameron's style change. We didn't touch on this. What would come home with me? But if you had listened to Cam on SDE and then him on Come Home with Me and then him on Dips uh, on Diplomatic Community, it's a completely different person. Oh yeah, two different rappers. I think that's uh, Come Home with Me was very much still harkening back to his old style. Yeah, Diplomatic Community was like I'm the swag champ. Yes, and I'm about to come on these records and swag and like and honestly, I think around that time too, around the mixtape run, like that's when they started like leaning into like the South. Yeah. Like, that's one thing I'll say. In the early 2000s, all the New York rappers that em- embraced the South they succeeded. Won. Yeah, they won. Yeah, mm-hmm. you had 50 <laughs> with, like, UTP and Young Buck. Yeah. You had Cam with Master P and Lil Flip. It's like they... UGK. Yeah, UGK. Like, they actually... Those were the rappers who understood where rap was going. Yep. And they followed along. So, I want to... I wanna, I, this is a double CD. So, I, I want to, like, blaze... Not blaze through this, yeah. but, like, there's certain songs that we're going to spend more time on. Yeah. But I, I know I got to go to the Uncasa intro. I don't start this album without listening to this, ever. That, <laughs> and your killer was really good, my nigga. Yeah, it's just like, I'll say one thing about this album. All the skits suck. Whoa! Every single oh, one. Okay, no. all right. Oh, Freaky Zeke just right. not funny to me. What? All the skits suck. You're tripping, I, what's bro. Your, which are your favorites? Please expound. Uh, Real Niggas Interlude. That's uh, one of your... That skit sucks. <laughs> I defy what? real bitch. Nah. Look at what? my stomach, motherfucker. You don't laugh. You don't laugh a single piece nah. of that? You don't like this for my niggas that's locked down. 
God damn it. Nah. You don't like that shit nah. either? There's, there's no chance. That, there's literally a classic skit right the after Joelle's the skit. When they're looking for Joel Santana. The, yeah, they're looking for not, Joel Santana skit is good. That's not good. You are insane. I'm not, I'm not even going to get mad. I'm just, just kind of stunned right now. He cut the side of his hair. He got half hair. Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. on, man. It's not good. Like, what are you talking about? So you about? don't laugh at fuck it. It's all about the weed, man. No, I don't think that. I don't think any of the skits are good. Don't don't, don't call, call me legal. legal Hubbard. Is not funny to you. <laughs> None of the skits are good. I'm making oh. it. I mean, call it a hot take. None That's of the skits. A, nigga, that is a scorching hot None take. Of because half good. of the first disc is skits. I know, and I'm like, bro, this these skits suck. I was listening to it today. Like these skits are not good. Did you feel that way in 2003? In 2003, it's like I was a little more immature. So I was like, okay, maybe like I'm just like I don't know. Like I just I didn't like the skits. I'll, so would you rather listen to the diplomat volumes that? Those skits were a little bit that many skits at all. Yeah, and like honestly, the diplomat volumes when you had Jim talking shit was better than when you had Freaky Zeke talking shit. What what is it about Freaky Zeke? I feel like we're 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 gonna get it's just not weird. funny. You know what it is? He's like he's like aggressive funny. You know those comedians that like they're not funny, but they like bully you into laughing. Yeah. That's what he is. Because <laughs> look at how Freaky Zeke. Yeah, like, it's like you not all right, honestly, it's not even really comedians. It's like niggas in your hood. Like you'll just be around <laughs> niggas and they be cracking jokes. It's like you're not really funny, but it's like. You just say it with such force that it's like, all right, now it's funny. I will say this, though. Like, when I do listen to Diplomatic Community in the car, I skip the skits if I'm in the car with my wife. Because you can't you can't play them shits. It's not good. Around, like, people, dog. You, can, you can't play them around people who weren't there, dog. You really like, can't. Until so you had to be there? You had to be. Hey, different time for a lot of these skits. especially. But the Jewel Santana interlude is, is, is good. You don't even nah. like Uncasas? Nah, I didn't like any of the skits. I don't like any of the skits. I literally was listening to it the other day, and I was like, "These skits is weak." Then today, I listened to it with the skits. I was like, "These shits are unbearable." What? Yeah, some of them are like a minute thirty. Unbearable. <laughs> some like, of them are like a minute thirty. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I guess we. I mean, one of the biggest conversations is that, or what I want to talk about is that they get through so much of their slang through these skits. Yeah, like, I mean that's one thing, and like honestly, it's like that's I, that's what I'm saying. Like I like when you had Jim talking shit, and yeah. like, but Freaky Ziki just was a. Not funny to me. What What do y'all think, the listeners? Let us know. Is Josh Wallen with, with this? I can't believe that. I, I would say that there's many things Josh has said on the mic around me that I've I'm mostly just like kind of, huh, that's Josh. I'm legitimately upset at this. I don't even know if I want to continue. No, nah, man, just not funny. This is crazy. Uh, well, th- but, then, but then again, that means that Josh would appreciate more of I'm gonna smack that koofy straight off your fucking <laughs> punk ass head instead of instead of Zeke uh, looking for Joel. I mean, I understand the sentiment. I'm still shocked, but I understand the sentiment. Oh, man, I don't know, man. So Uncasa starts off the album. Uncasa, if I had never seen Uncasa before, I had never seen him before. Oh man! <laughs> so when I finally saw Uncasa, and yeah. I said this was the guy that had to me at the time as a kid, I was like, he got top five verse in the album. Jordan from Uncle Bur- <laughs> uh, from the Bernie Mac show. <laughs> Uncasa was on Game Facts with us, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uncasa had a Game Boy Advance. Nigga. Like he definitely looked like he, he had the glasses. He's the type of dude that had the glasses that made your eyes look small. Yeah, which was crazy. <laughs> you know what it was too about Uncasa? Like those are like the jailhouse glasses. Those are like the glasses you got from like the government. Like when they're like you had to go to school one day and they was like just take an eye test. And he was like this nigga's blind. The thing <laughs> with Uncasa, right, is that if you put all the dipset in the line, you're like they all dress well. Uncasa dresses like every single member of Dipset, and it just doesn't pull it off because yeah. it's so ugly. Bro. The glasses I, I couldn't do it. Crooked. I couldn't do it. I remember there was a battle that I saw on him with him on Smack DVD after the fact. He takes his head his his hat off and he has like like locks. And I'm like, put the fucking hat back on, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> put the fucking hat back on, nigga. 
<laughs> but I will say, as far as Cam putting on his homies, he didn't have to do this. Yeah. He could have just started this with Joel Santana. I mean, a lot of people might say, nah, Josh might say he might, he should have. I, but No, nah, to your point about putting niggas on, like, you know, whatever happened to Toya? The, the Hey My Remix? Or was oh, it Oh wow. Boy Remix? Yeah, it was a, it was a Hey My Remix. Hey My Remix. Yeah. That was like a Toya record. She had like yeah. two verses on that shit. Ah, like it. And then Dude, she just never like, like what happened? I don't know. The the misogyny it didn't was work. probably crazy in there. <laughs> the misogyny was probably crazy. We get to the Joel Santana interlude, which we're, we're I guess we're not gonna talk about the comedy of there was Some like of a the best part. There was a story that talk we're about trying, it. There, there was a story that, that they were trying to weave through because this was remember Joel Santana's debut album will come out a months couple later. of months later yeah, after yeah. this. So they, this was essentially the Jewel Santana heat check yeah. <laughs> before the album comes out. And Cam is really, honestly, in the background playing Godfather most of this album because mm-hmm. Jewel is, is taking the lead on a lot of things. The more I think about skits, Josh, you probably hated the skit on Jewel Santana's album where Zeke is uh, getting a blowjob and the girl throws up on him. Uh, uh, yeah, that was all shit was whack. <laughs> And it's funny because I heard that that was like that, that was, was real life. Though. I heard that really happened. Allegedly, that really yeah. happened. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just you got it on my chain. That's just funny, man. I never thought bro was funny to me. <laughs> it was funny. But we get into Who Am I, which is Joel's is like, and Joel's always has songs that he literally remakes the same song. Yeah, it's on all of his albums. <laughs> it's on all of his albums. I like it. that though. <laughs> I forgot what was the one on uh, what the game been missing. That was probably my favorite version of this song. Um, um, good times. Good times. Good times. Yeah. yeah. Good times. I think was yep. it. So the good, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? You think Y'all niggas ever listen to like the original samples of these songs and immediately start rapping jewels? Oh yeah. Anytime I ever hear some of these songs, I just rap the the rap version. It's kind of crazy. So Jewels comes out, man. I mean, I honestly don't even think I got to look up any of these lyrics, but I guess we got to talk about some of the lyrics of this, man. Like he's talking to his mother on this record, and this is such a strange record to start your album with because it's not like. I, I feel like with me, with albums, your song number two needs to be crazy. Like, the Lil Durk album just came out, right? Mm-hmm. The second song on that shit is nuts. Like, I, I ran it back because I'm like, this is how you start an album off. Yeah. Hmm. Diplomatic Immunity starts off very, like, like depressing. <laughs> like, this yeah, is a very depressing song. Yeah. I, I feel like Diplomatic Immunity, the first, the first half of the album is a little, like, down. Like, yeah. But it's setting the stage it for, is. like, what's going on. The second, because the second disc is like... Like yeah. it's literally up from the moment the second mm-hmm. it starts. Yeah. But this is like he's talking to his mom. He says, "You know, uh, I- I'll swallow a bullet." <laughs> he said, "He said I'll swallow well, a bullet, it- eat a gun. Shit, you gotta know I'm your son." <laughs> well, at first, at first, it was actually a, a pretty good combo between mother and son. Hey, mom, I'm, I'm kind of moving at an unstoppable pace. Yeah, it's kind of just moving kind of hot right now. Still, cl- clearly trying to get nice with this with this music shit. But the streets is definitely going on. Oiling, no, no boiling hot, hot water, water. Just, just oiling oil hot, hot water. water. <laughs> Cooking coke to the oil of hot water Boy, shit. Man. So he's he's stressed out. Then he's seen Aaliyah in the mirror, <laughs> and then clearly drugs are starting to come in. And then he, but then, but the, the thing is, the Aaliyah thing isn't even that bad because he's actually trying to tie it to Dame because I'm sure Dame, yeah. still not, still not really over what has happened within the past two years. Hold up, mommy, I'm twisted. I'm drunk. <laughs> Hold up, mommy, I'm twisted. I'm drunk. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> I love this. Then you though. go tell your mom you swallowed a gun. Shit, you gotta know I'm your son. <laughs> Shit, you gotta know I'm your son. But then this song ends and we get to ground zero. Yo. That should have opened the fucking album. Yeah, that should have been the opening song for real. Like this shit was 
one of the best beats. I don't give a fuck who you are or what you say. One of the greatest beats of all time. That shit make me want to run out of fucking, run through a fucking door every time I hear the Ground Zero beat. This is real dipset hours right now on, on this episode, by the way. Real dipset hour. You shouldn't have you shouldn't got us started, yo. Jim Jones has the greatest verse. Oh, greatest man. worst verse. <laughs> greatest worst verse. Half of it doesn't rhyme, honestly. <laughs> Hold on, uh, it's when he's like, uh, lawyer on side, system bumping, bumping, oh boy, on the ride, oh boy, on the slide, shit. It's funny with him, he just kind of rapped like in a different pocket that was just like, huh? Because Beats didn't catch up to Jim Jones to 2006. Beats did not catch up to Jim Jones. The niggas wasn't ready for the shit Jim Jones was on until 2006, bro. Real shit. Yeah. What do you think, MC? I feel like Jim kind of woke up around that 2005 area when... Jay is now retired. Jay is now swinging on everybody and saying he wants a 700%. And Jim's like, nigga, hold on. Do you know what you did for you for the past two years? And he kind of got a little bit more comfortable within that space. But Jim, ground zero verse, I'll always remember. He says, hey, Jewels, if the blanks even flinch, if they even flinch, Jewels, and he lets the gun go off, I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking fire. Also, another, another trope throughout this album, Jim's incessant use of the F word. I said, this is the... Sign of the times. I was like, this is a different time. Sign of the times for sure. He is letting the F word... I, I remember I was in the car with my wife one time listening to this. And she did hear the F bomb. And I said, fuck, I forgot about that. And I, you remember when we played, remember when we played Diplomat's Volume 3 for Pat? Oh, my God. And he was listening to Cam tell the story. Just, just amazing. Why were we listening to that going to Crenshaw? <laughs> trying to get the vibes right. <laughs> going to Crenshaw. <laughs> Why are we listening to that going to Crenshaw? Trying to get the ride, vibes right real quick. What a quick. strange drive. <laughs> we should have did that. that was, we should have done that. It, it was loud. Y'all like, what the fuck was I thinking? But Ground Zero is kind of like, to me, the diplomat theme record. That's literally what they're talking about. They're talking about the Twin Towers falling. Mm-hmm. They're talking about all types of shit. Uh, Cameron, your, your girl told me I'm the man, right? Well, listen to Lover. When I beef visions of... Co- Bro. Cameron goes crazy on this verse. Oh yeah, he goes insane. I, I, it's hard to find a, the best verse on this song. That's why it's so fucking classic. Because I feel like with anyone, you could say it was the best verse. I'm not gonna argue with you because because I because you could just recite it and it's still fucking fire. I well we'll we'll get to that song later. But my favorite Cam verse is later in the album. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, I gotta ask a question. How do you, I think? For a good amount of the album, you do get the cam stepping in like, hey, I'm here, y'all. Yeah. All right, let's get like the end of the song. He drops in, grabs a verse. How does it, how does it, how do you think that it would have felt from Joel's and Jim's perspective of having so much confidence from your, your pretty, pretty much your leader and saying, you know what? I don't need to be in the forefront of this album. Y'all go yeah. ahead. I'll jump in, do my usual cadence, things like that. I want y'all to be the forefront. Because some people could either feel really confident, be like, holy shit, he really wants me to carry this damn album. Or, hey, why are you not, like, why are you not fully, fully here with us? And, you know, we I, I kind of felt like that was the vibe about a year and a half ago when we ended up seeing them in verses where it was yeah. like, Cam was kind of just a, just a little bit separated that's from them vibe. but it that's wasn't a different, in that was a different that's vibe. a different time no that's a different time like and, and i'll say that i'll say this right right here i don't think that Jewels has ever rapped better than he did on this album oh absolutely i, I mean i think this album as his if you just take away all the other team members verse and you just have all the mm-hmm. Jewels, this is better than his debut it is yeah yeah. he's never and the thing is Jewels needed that guidance and i almost feel like in a way cam let him go do his own thing way too early well, my thing mm-hmm. with this is like, 
Well, you mean like when he started to kind of do his own album? Well, and yeah, when shit. he did his own album. Well, I think that, that was that's I think that was kind of when Dipset was starting to split. Yeah, and Cam was just like y'all, like I introduced you niggas, and now y'all doing your own thing. Chill out. Yeah. But <laughs> honestly, like if you look at the, the the cover of Diplomatic Community, it says Cameron presents. Right. And I think he mm-hmm. very much was in that vibe of like I'm presenting my I'm boys. Very gordy of this. Yeah, like yeah. I'm presenting y'all. Jewel's album coming shortly after, and we're gonna start to figure out just the team rollout. But um, but yeah, so I don't think he had any issue with taking the back seat. But it, but it, I think as, and and again, like Cam's good with taking the back seat, and that's why we love Cam because I mm-hmm. think there's a, yeah. there's a lot of artists that love like like Thug. Yeah, did that with Gunna. Same. Like he took yeah, the back yeah. seat. He's like, I I don't really care. Gunna, he got it. All y'all got it, right? Like there's very few rappers do that and and have mm-hmm. have or selfless and, and and no ego like that. But I think with Cam and the Dipset, you see that there's two different types of rappers on here between Jimmy and and Joel's. Joel's needed that Cam guidance. But yes. I'll say with Jim, he's rapped way better than he's ever rapped on this album way later in his career. And today. Oh, yeah. yeah, today. I, man, I was just listening to some like old but new Jim. Like, remember the Black Rock series that yeah. Dame Dash did? That was when Jim Jones thoroughly started coming to his own he as did. a rapper. I think before that, you had like the members of Bird Gang era. Right. And like he was very much CEO rapper, but had mm-hmm. some good verses. But when he started doing yes. the, the Black Rock and, and then kind of carried on from there, like actually just working with Ski Beats. Right. I was like, oh shit! Like Jim could really rap. He he's, got some shit. He's and he he's not only good at rapping, but he understands what he's good at yeah. with rapping. Like he's not trying to like do too much. Like I, I love when he did a uh, how hood is this the, uh, the Jay Z flip? How hood is this? That was the moment where I was like, yo, Jim's really talking about some shit. I love yeah. Jim's debut album. Yeah, uh, no, or, or my way to church. On my way to that. church is one of my favorite albums. I liked. Um, what was the one after that? Uh, it was the uh, Summer with Miami so, yeah, album. It was, uh, I forget the title. Har- it was, Harlem Diary of a Summer. Yeah, Diary of a Summer. Yeah, Diary, Diary, of, summer. Yeah, Diary yeah. of a Summer. No, Jim's albums are good, but his rapping on these first Dipset projects are Not too good. So we get past the Real Niggas interlude into Real Niggas. Which Real Niggas. Great song. A Cameron. It is a Cameron showcase. Man. <laughs> he destroys what, this That's song. like my... It might be... It's like a battle between that and then Gangsta. Okay. For my favorite Cam verses. It... I argue with my mother spring, summer, fall, winter time. What you do? What you, what you, <laughs> get that crack off the table, crack off the table dinner time. <laughs> then he say some shit about like cooking pork. Oh, he just got, he went off on that and shit. Plus you cooking pork anyway. I ain't in the swine. <laughs> Man. And then on top of that, an a, a AZ and Nas flip. So just one more quick uppercut to yes. Nas real quick. Yeah. Because <laughs> you said, at this point, it's Cam saying, you say you a legend. I'm going to do this song better than you, and I'm going to put my young nigga on it, Jewels, mm-hmm. who, again, I think a lot of times on this album, Jewels is trying his fucking best at times to get to Cam, but Cam's not letting him, bro. He's just, Cam is just in a whole nother zone at this point in terms of just rapping. I think that I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge Cam fan. He's like in my top five, bro. This is literally one of the greatest runs of a rapper of all mm-hmm. time, of what, yes. what Cameron's doing on this album, and it's a double yep. album, and, it, and it's not old, and we're still reciting these lyrics to this day. We then get to, have you seen Joel Santana? I'm skipping all the skits because Josh hates all the hey, skits. Hey, man, if you love him, you love him. I, I hate him. Then we then we, we could, could talk about the volume. We could talk about the volume interludes instead. If you want to talk about the volume interludes, you want to talk about Jim Jones saying, meet me at the at the party, you dig me? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. See, Jim's skits were better than Freaky's skits. Because he was cutting promos. He was just in there like. And what was Freaky doing? Just trying to be funny, trying to figure out his lane in the group. <laughs> he trying to rapping. earn his check. And yeah. then Freaky started rapping. And I was like, all right, Dipset's over. Over like, with. It's, it's, it's over with. He's rapping now. Uh, but then we get into More Than Music, which is the Joel solo uh, solo song. His second solo song mm-hmm. so far on the, on the uh, album. 
what you guys feel about more than music? This is another one of those heat maker uh, yeah, beats that was just like they're literally flipping two seconds of a song and making it going a whole crazy. Joint. No, that's why again, heat makers, Joel Santana, like they really came together in this album and gave us fire. Like more, like this shit was just like okay, this is what Joe. That's why I'm telling you, LeBron James, the prophecy. <laughs> I was like throwing the powder in the air when I was hearing these songs. I was like, shit, this nigga's next. Oh, okay. So I, I want to go through some of some of Jewel's uh, lines on this. Uh, MC, what'd you feel about uh, More Than Music? More Than Music was good. Um, I don't think it ends up being, you know, one of my more favorite Jewel's moments. I, I think we've already passed my favorite Jewel's moment on the album. Who am I? I've actually, yeah. uh, if I had to make, if I had to make a playlist called Songs That I've Cried To, Who I Am <laughs> is on. Wow. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this is not hyperbole. I'm not, that, those verses are kind of, those verses are pretty, uh, those verses kind of hit you right here, especially if you're a dip, especially if you're a diplomats fan. They kind of hit you right here. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, first verse. Hey, yo, I try to be easy. I try to be calm, breathe easy. It don't seem easy. More my P's and Q's, Y's and Z's, four fives on the side of me. Yep. Plus four guys on the side of me. With what? More than music was no. Nah, I like it's funny. More than music is probably when I'm like, all right, Jewels is really one of them ones. But also, it's like. I like what was after more than music. It was um, uh, hey, uh, it nah, was beautiful noise. Beautiful noise. I really liked a lot too. Let's talk about beautiful noise. Beautiful noise was just one of them records again. I think Heatmakers did that as well, right? It did, but it was a. This was one that we're coming into a, a, a moment in diplomatic community that annoys me to no end about this album. What I part? think this album's a classic. <laughs> it annoys the samples are gone. This was this song had a sample. <laughs> And it's gone. They had to replay it. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. This was this was a, this was a sample that I don't believe was on one of the volumes, and I might be tripping. This 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 song wasn't on one of the volumes, but it was on one of it was on a mixtape from a, from a really long time ago. I can't find it. I tried to find it for here, but this was, let me double check. This was one where I feel I, I think there was a sample that got taken off during, in the process of this album coming out, and we're gonna see this even more on disc two. I'm sh- I want to know how much they had to pay for this album and how much they have to continue to pay for this album to stay up on streaming services because the samples are very expansive and expensive. Cam's verse on this shit was dope too because this is when he starts shouting out all the other labels. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay, like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, Cam knew what he was doing with this album and it was very much like, yo, I'm trying to set my boys up. Mm-hmm. And he just carried fucking Jim Jones to the finish line here. It's like when <laughs> Bron has fucking, I don't even know. He's carrying niggas. I thought Jim was fine on this song. Hold it on, was all right. It wasn't verse. terrible, but it was just like, all right. Let nigga. me go back to his verse, man. Like, Jim's verse was was, was all right. You, you know what, what verse I felt like, or what song should have been on here? Uh, the Bigger Picture. That would have been absolutely crazy. But then they ended up saving that for Diplomatic Community Volume 2. But I guess a, I guess in a much different time, especially in 2023, I'd say it's so much easier to just talk about samples and the ease of clearing samples for hip-hop. Because at that in 2003, you know, looking at Cam sampling Prince, you were just like, yeah, that's never touching anything at all time. Prince is never, ever going to clear that. No. Uh, coming to America... Clear movies in 2003 for hip hop, probably on. not the easiest unless you're one of the huge, huge, bigger names. Obviously, Victory, probably one of the most, uh, one of the more storied sam- movie sampled records. I got I to gotta call a foul on Josh here. What happened? I got to call a foul on Jim Jones' verse here. What, 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 tell me what you like. <laughs> Shit, my Uncle Ricky got a month of some change and it feels like the garbage truck just, uh, garbage truck just dumping the pain all on my shoulders and warring my soldiers. The nights could get chilly, the, mor- the morning is much colder. He was starting to kind of get into that pocket. He was like, "Cam not... might have wrote all that." <laughs> I, 
if there's one thing I will say, if there's one thing I will say, I don't feel like Cam has ever written a Jim Jones verse in his fucking life. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that that nigga do not rap nothing like Jim Jones and and vice versa. No fucking way. Jim Jones was, was nice on this shit, man. They got locked up for carrying boy doing time underground up and marrying boy. Shit, I respect you. You do your time like God and come home like that marrying boy. Holla. Uh, come on, man. That was so fire. I just, uh, Jim, Jim's best verse on here, I will still stand by being talking. I really mean it. God, here we More go. More memorable. After this, we get the Hey My remix. I don't like it. It's Terrible. A, it's a skip. Toya. <laughs> it's a skip for Whatever me. Happened to oh, her. come on. Dude, we don't have to like uppercut it, Toya like that. Like it. It's, it's a skip. I'm gonna keep it real with y'all, man. This album ends for me after Beautiful Noise. It ends? It ends. Wow. This really? Wait a, minute, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. That's wait. a crazy hot take. There's some records after Beautiful it Noise. Ends, bro. You don't listen to Dipset Anthem? Yeah, we just skipped. We just oh, skipped shit. We did, we did. Okay, we did skip that. We did skip that. I'm sorry. Fuck. Pardon me. Dipset Anthem, one of the greatest music videos of all time. Come okay? on. Mm-hmm. How they had them on the stairs and everybody mm-hmm. was doing the dip lean. Well, you know, one thing I'll say about Dipset Anthem, too, that I think is just lost in just the record books, that's the first time we hear the the phrase Pyrex Vision. Yeah, it is. That's Joel. Did Joel's yeah, get Juels. 700% from that, from Virgil? I don't think so. Joel's Virgil liking, or, or said he got it from uh, Clips, Pusha T. Cap. There's no fucking Very much. Way. But, then, I, but shout out to <laughs> Virgil for lacing uh, Joel's for the, the, the verses. He gave him, like, the Louis. Oh, yeah, he did. And, he did. And shit. Yeah, I think he... he he paid respect in some aspect. And you got to. You got to. But with Dipset Anthem, here comes the line that I do feel like, Josh, you cannot, you can't say this Which did one? not shake the tree one time for Karen for taking over the rock. I mean, uh, Josh, don't, you can't, you don't be Senator, don't be Senator Pease here. And on top of the fact that Jay-Z had the line years prior about where the skinny niggas, where the skinny niggas yeah. die, uh-huh. Joelle said, nah, fuck all that shit. It's skinny when the skinny niggas ride. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. I mean, yeah. it might have been a little. Yeah. That might They was already feeling that animosity yeah. from the old boy stuff. I do believe, I, I truly do believe Joelle has some, has some bars for Jay on Dipset Anthem. Maybe. I, I wouldn't put it past him. Because I, I, I know Jay's ears perked up when he said... <laughs> And he said, too tough for camera taking over the rock. The ears. <laughs> I know, I know his ears perked up, but he, he called Dave and said, What the fuck are they talking about? Not to mention the song was a hit. Mm-hmm. Like hey, if it if it didn't if it didn't perk up then, it did months later when he heard flutes. What? Bring the opera, man. Jawas was dissing Jay. Jawas had a had a had a monkey on his back for he, sure. He, he was he was like, all right. But Dipset at the man, one of the greatest club songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not much that we could add to this that you, that you don't already know. Like Cam, another Cameron showcase moment here. Like Jewels, as hard as Jewels tried, bro, <laughs> as it took everything. I think Jewels dropped 45 on this. Cam went and dropped 55 <laughs> right after him, bro. He, he there was nothing he could do about it, yo. And Cam just walking in like, all right, guys, I'm here. All right, watch this. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the west side of Chicago. Jewels like, fuck, goddamn it, <laughs> west side of Chicago, down. looking for a bus down so I can throw my arms up. Touchdown. Yeah, Come that on, yeah, man. Cam Cam really showed his ass on that. Come on, man. One of Cam's best verses also here too, Absolutely. man. So we get out to Dipset Anthem. Hey Mom Remix, we already talked about that because I, I looked over Dipset Anthem. Hellraw interlude. It's for them niggas that's locked down. Shit was hard. Hellraw. I'm about to say you better not say you didn't no, like it. Hellraw, I will react. Hellraw got off. Hellraw was another one that they like introduced because he had the yeah. Hellraw interlude. Then he had the song after where he's like before he went to jail. Yeah. 
Like he he was they were trying to introduce him the right way. He was like the grimy, the yayo of the group. The Styles P of the yeah. they had the battle battle between who's the hardest out <laughs> a couple years ago. Oh yeah. This. I'm like, wait a minute, none of y'all should be the hardest niggas out right now in front of a bunch of niggas. That's what, funny. What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> Come on, pause. Uh Hell Roll, you know, that that was cool. Then you have uh you have gangsta. Damn, I'm the only one that knows Hellrail Freestyle. That might I might be one of the few people in the world that know Hellrail Freestyle probably word for word. You probably Maybe. are. You probably. I like are. the second freestyle better. That's scary. Too. The second freestyle. Oh, and he's better. like, he's like, hey, hey, hold on, hey, hold on, ma, hold on, I gotta spit this crack right quick. Yeah. <laughs> when he I'm like, on the fucking... like, is there women in the in prison? <laughs> <laughs> or are you talking to a dude? What's I don't know what on? he was on. <laughs> he's talking to one of the CEOs, probably. <laughs> So we didn't get to Gangsta. You said you like this song. Gangsta, lot. I love. Gangsta's one of, uh, honestly, I feel like that's one of Cam's best verses on there. Like, he really got off. I hate the beat on this, man. That's why I skip it. <laughs> and also, <laughs> and this is also when we start talking about Osama Bin Laden. Jewel's, oh, yeah. Jewel's has the uh, hottest thing out since Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> These niggas looked at 9-11 like it was a game. Like this, this, this niggas did not take nine eleven seriously whatsoever. And he mentions, oh, that's when he mentions the coke prices being up because yeah. of nine eleven. Cam has a really good line on there. He's like, um, I am at. The, wait, no, wait, that was Jewel's. I break bread with billionaires. They think I'm, they think flipping pies is petty. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Cam, it is. Yeah, that is it is it petty. Is petty. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, nah, petty. Cam. Like that's the thing. Like that's another song that showed that Cam was just a really good rapper. Yeah, and that you know, he, like this was like the the merging of really good rapper and swag. And he was just like, it was like a battle between the two throughout this album. Yeah. Swag ultimately won. <laughs> but, but I also feel like it was, uh, was kind of like a competition thing, too. We mentioned Joel's, uh going against Jay. I feel like Cam had a lot to prove, too. He was just like, I'm not only like rapping, but I'm, introdu- I'm making my own Rockefeller here mm-hmm. with these two. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm putting it all on them. Um, Cam would tell me to do this, but pause, putting it on them. Uh, I really mean it. Starts off the second disc. The second disc is the mixtape side. Also, right? well, before we get to that, too. On Gangsta, Cam does that, took a couple of bars off. Yeah. Let the beat live. Then he does it again on I Really Mean yeah. It. Yeah. It's like that nigga just, it's just like he had rap, great rap style. He did. And like, it's just like shit like that, like you can't teach. Because he does it a third time on one of the volumes too. I, I think it was one of the Duke the Gods he does it again. Yeah, see, that, that's just a good rap style. He, he loves doing that shit. Maybe he's uh, just lazy, he can't finish his verse. I don't know. Well, here's my thing. I, I, and I, we haven't really touched on the fact that like a lot of people did not like Cameron at the time. It was not cool like it is today. Yeah, like absolutely. Cameron back in the day. Yeah, yeah. it was the, the pink. Nobody liked that. Um, mm-hmm. The rap style. One of the most annoying things that I will ever hear, and I'm glad that you don't feel this way, Josh. I, obviously, I know MC doesn't feel this way. The Louis Tui Dewey do like people nah. think that that's what he was saying. Cameron is speaking in code. Well, a lot I, of times, and that's my thing with that too. Like that's when I think the swag overtook the rap style. Yeah. It's when he started doing shit like that. It was like, yo, like I'm really just. I'm really just swagging on y'all niggas. Yeah. And if you don't get it, then you just not fly enough. Yeah. I mm-hmm. liken it to like Ghostface. Ghostface is talking in cold. Like he's saying shit. Yeah. Like we might not know what it is, but if you piece it together, you could. Cam is probably a little bit less technical than, than Ghostface is in terms of just, just like slaying in his own style uh, and, and stuff I, like that. I wouldn't even say it's less technical. I just feel like people dick ride Wu Tang so much they accept it. <laughs> They accept it from someone like fucking Ghostface, but then when Cam does it, they're like, oh. Because I, I, I never understood it, Josh. There there was somebody that used to say, it, you know, I used to work at GameStop. He used to be like, what you listening to? Purple F-bomb? F-bombs? Oh, and that's I said, funny. I was oh, like, that's terrible. Brother. I was like, wow. Like, like, yeah, that's God terrible. Damn. That's not I'm even like, for clever. Cam probably like fucks more chicks than you do. Like, what do you say? Like, probably. I work that, at GameStop. Of course yeah. he does. <laughs> the <What>? fuck? <laughs> but that's why it was so... <laughs> 
That's why it was so important to have the fan bases that he does. I feel like Cam does not get enough credit for being one of the first like pioneers of having like a huge internet fan base. And at first he wasn't even like the person to overly cater to them. But, you know, the people that were on youmad.net forums yeah. and other forums, mm -hmm. rap forums, actually being able to talk about his lyrical ability and be able to talk about the stories that he has while also having the funny stuff by doing Jesus Camp gifts of him, of the kids holding up the the the, the uh, Killer Season album and doing funny meme shit like that. I, I, you look at a lot of it going on right now. It's 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 damn near every day, he every the, hour. Well, he was the first viral rapper. He was well, the first viral rapper. I'm going to let you yeah. know who was the person that was kind of spearheading that at the time yams and karen civil true they yeah, were running a lot yeah. of the street team online shit for cam at that time and and i know karen civil was like actually running it quote unquote and yams was like an intern who was yeah. just there and again wow. first viral rapper cameron you oh, can't yeah, take absolutely. it away from him yeah. like there was a gif of uh scrooge mcduck slapping Nas's koofy <laughs> off his yeah. fucking head yeah like like <laughs> Honestly, it's who funny, did I, that? It, I, I don't know if that was like the fans or him, but or yeah, yams like who? yeah, <laughs> that was yams. But, oh my god, it'd be hilarious. But definitely the first viral rapper, even the, just the pink photo. Yeah, and now it's like you know he's getting sued for that photo currently. Yeah, well, because the photographer, the photographer saying he didn't get any money for yeah. the the merch that he made off of it. But I really mean it was the Nas diss on the on mm -hmm. the album. Uh, all of it is the Nas diss, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, fan man, you Terry Cloth. That mean you, you very soft gravy Mercedes. Add the cranberry sauce. Nobody understood this line. Nobody understood this. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I feel like it's obvious, but it's, it's super obvious. People's like, what is he talking about? I'm like, bro, you don't understand. He's talking about shooting up his car. I don't know. Like, it's funny. I when I always when I see these people who are like dipset haters, I'm just like, you're just not, you're not listening. Yeah, you're not listening, not but also you just yeah, you're not like a rap fan. Yeah. If you need it, just force fed to you. Then you get Jimmy's line, another f bomb. But uh, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy points out that him and Nas have the same last name, and he says, "Not yeah. mine. <laughs> that's not my yep. last name. That's your last name." So there you go. After that, you get another. You didn't like the the voicemail skits. There, the nah, second this has. I love when what you call it says. But oh, back to I really mean it real quick. Uh, Jim, Jim says, "Get us sedity bitches. We need them." <laughs> We need you. I want you. He yeah, says, I need you. I, I need want you. you. I want you. <laughs> the ghetto sedity. I love that. I, love that. I feel the same way, Jim. Oh, See man. if you're about it, about it, because we is. <laughs> you. And then he yeah. Yeah. pop something, roll something. What was with the pop something, roll something at that point in time? What you think it mean? <laughs> pop a pill, roll something. <laughs> also, Jim, Jim for sure seemed like he was on ecstasy a lot. Yeah, of I mean, that was just a, that was a drug of choice at the, mo at the moment. <laughs> exactly. He was definitely on ecstasy. Funny, I just got some Molly the other day. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but. You're going to use it. I mean, I don't know yet. I don't know when or why, but I just was like, oh, give me some Molly. <laughs> why not? What? MC's face is crazy. It's a good Molly. What? Can, pass can, it I, can I ask where you got it from? Actually, no, no. don't tell no, me. No, you that's can't That's a real cop answer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'll walk myself out. Yeah, But um, the voicemail skits. Yeah. They're better. Okay. They're better. You flop trying to find where the fuck you at, you fucking dog. Come on, man. <laughs> you know what? Because I compare these skits to, to Mizzle on Purple Haze. Yeah. And it's so much better. Okay. You know, So you like the Mizzle skits? Mizzle skits are funny. Okay. So it's just Freaky Zeke. It's not the actual skit content. Because, I mean, this, is, this, this woman on this phone eventually has Cam so shook that he says, come on, man. <laughs> like, she said she's going to show up at his video shoot. And yeah. It's like... Come on, man. 
I'll call every I'll call every single singer in the city. I'll call every uh, single photographer in the city. That was probably real. That for real. Honestly, because Cam be still having stories like that on his Instagram. <laughs> like, did you see the story you posted recently about Stanley from Friday? No. Stanley from Friday's wife, like Cam ended up. Cam has this whole story he posted on his Instagram where he he didn't fuck her. He said he just got a head from her what? and watched her give someone else head. And then since then, she's been stalking him, like coming to his like LA his neighbor. House. No, Stan, like no, like his neighbor, but yeah, yeah, very similar. But he was talking. He's like, "Yo, she's Stanley from Friday's wife." Is she? Is did she look good? Uh, he didn't post a photo of her. He just posted like. So I, we gotta look it up. Yeah, I gotta look it up. But he was. He has this whole story. This like, nigga's crazy. Cam was a wild life. <laughs> very much a life I would live if I was rich. Yeah, just doing wild shit, having affairs. So after this, we have uh, we have my love with Freeway. I think this is like the very rare Rockefeller representative on this album which makes me come on man like they were still it was a family could have had a lot family curls squirrels or whatever they're called count some count some in peas right you know we fight sometimes but we family i never thought that cam wasn't cool with state property and let's be clear state property was very much a separate entity yeah from main rockefeller and when you hear like you know when you hear just and and guru talk about like how they used to record even Mm -hmm. hip-hop had a good interview he's like yo basically dipset would record early in the day yeah and when a dipset would come dipset would come in like 10 9 like 9 a.m mm-hmm. and when they would come in state property would be sleep on the couch <laughs> from like the earlier <laughs> sessions and like that's how they all used to kind of like the work together up, yeah intertwine between yeah okay, okay, like okay. cam and them would like, get the slot where no one would want to go like no one want to wake up early yeah and cam and dipset would come to the studio mad early to work. So, I, I wish that they could just get all this footage and we could get the rockefeller documentary it's just no yep. footage i gotta yeah. just straight talk about it and i mean use the, the dvd footage i guess um this was a great song this is this is clearly Joel's is like radio play this because this this second disc is pretty much all like Jewels again mm-hmm. uh kind of a showcase for him um i don't skip it but i still i i i like i can see where people could, st- could skip it it's very much kind of just like a routine radio record for that time well it's 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 definitely one of the ones that get affected by the sample yep. by, by sample gate yep so we lose the original sample bro the next two songs well well yeah the next well the next song does also and we also lose the original verse. Thank God somebody got into Joel's ear and said, hey, you want to talk about Muhammad Ali instead of Muhammad Atta? <laughs> and thank God he did, because if I just don't know how Joel got away with a lot of this. Man. Uh, yo, he said, well, I he worship a- the great prophet, the great Muhammad, Omo Atta, for the courage <laughs> of driving the planes. Reminds me when I was dealing well, the cane. Well, when Def Jam got a hold of it on his album, For Me to You, they cut all them references of yeah. Muhammad Atta. They literally muted his, his, <laughs> his verse on OK, OK. A young, no plane lessons, yeah, cocaine lessons. <laughs> no plane lessons. It's, it's not funny. But Yo, he was wildin', bro. He, he had a mixtape where, where it's him in front of the towers with a plane going into it. And Case Lay is like, nigga, what the fuck <laughs> are we doing? Uh, so the next one is I Love You. I'm not a fan of this because this is yet another song on the album that gets caught up with the sample stuff. And it yes, just Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I Love You. It yes. doesn't sound good at all. And then we get a good canvas, though. And then we get the Purple Haze. Classic. You. Classic. You are my yeah. Come on. Tito cracked that Dutch. But he said he, the, Cam gives you some very good advice on this about, you know, rolling your own Dutches because you don't know if somebody could, could yeah. slide you some some dust. Yeah. Nah, Cam, this is another one of those Cam exercise, lyrical exercises. Um, Love this. Love this song. And this is just like, okay, like, 
get me ready for the album. Yeah. 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 I mean, this was the first Purple Haze uh, thing, thing he did. Yeah. yeah. First reference that he, he did said he, here. He said he would take a, a trip with a dip bitch just to bank and stunt from Serena Williams <laughs> down to Ivanka Trump. I think on this song, too, he also shouts out Ohio a couple yeah, times yep. on here. Ohio, yeah. just shout out. Ohio, Chicago are his top two yeah. over the over this whole year. Of, also of shouts out Montana randomly. <laughs> yeah, he says, like, Jua, Santana, Montana, or some shit. I'm like, okay. Um, how how did you guys feel about um, the first? Ding-ding-ding. Yeah, when that when oh. that when that little gleam uh, when that little gleam goes off, you just like, damn, it's a sunny day out here, boy. <laughs> this might be one of the joints I'll skip, honestly. You skipped the f- You don't skip the first. Well, I, but the first is kind of the first is kind of long. I don't bl- I, I'm I'm giving I'm I'm shooting Josh Bale right now for skipping the first. I'm tr- I'm personally not skipping the first. I love the first. Hey yo, hey yo, go get that yeah yo, yeah yo, yeah yo, killer. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! I'm thinking of something else. Oh, I'm about to say. I'm thinking of something else. It's got to oh, be okay. the DJ enough freestyle because that shit. I'm I'm advocating for that to get the big skip. <laughs> Fuck that song. Me, <laughs> I actually really like. I'm. I actually really like Joel's uh, verse on the first. The, yeah, Joel's verse is, is great. That I think that's the first verse where he actually gets Cam, but that's because Cam doesn't actually spit like a real sixteen on this song. Like he's just literally just playing around in the song, but. uh Stone Cold Hustle ain't no fucking denying me is one of the yeah. one of the best lines. This also has a really good Jim Jones outro talking that shit on here. Yeah, yeah. This is it another was, one. And, and and on here he shouts out Rockefeller. Yeah. Well, okay. He sh- I listen, these songs are out of order of when they recorded it. All bro. Right. They're out of order when they recorded it. it I, I still say Jewel's had animosity and Cam was it was building animosity. Yeah, the first I actually don't skip because Cam gets off on that second verse. He, he does, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, Juwan Santana the Great, big skip. I think the second. What? Uh oh, with Santana the Great. Oh, I fuck no. with Santana the Great. No, you don't like Santana. Well, I have a. I remember the case late intro of it when on on the volume. So like, my little nigga will kill all you <laughs> niggas. Will will kill all your up and coming rappers out there. Uh, case Lay was going insane when Santana the Great. Okay, That's what I, I do like. I do like Bandana's face, blame hammers and skate. That's cool because of the Come alliteration. Because uh, the alliteration is cool. It's the beat, man. Like, How I you not like that beat? I can't, I can't get with it, bro. The beat's annoying. Yeah. Not all of the beats. Not all of the beats on this album are winners, bro. Not all no, of them are winners. Very dated beats on here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's some duds. That was a dud. DJ and a freestyle being one of them. You have said yes, and then I and I hate to say this, I will never listen to the album version of what's really good. Yeah, I oh, listen to it. Yeah, that's an auto skip. Like, yeah. You gotta listen to the vault the, with the with the coming to America. Yeah, yeah. coming to America. Couldn't they, I understand. How couldn't they clear that? I, I, that's a good question. Rockefeller's probably like, yo, y'all y'all already blew your budget, your sample budget on all these heat maker beats. I really mean it had to be the one that put them over budget. Like, how does that work, though? I Josh? think it's like, built this city. Oh, yeah, the Jefferson Starship yes. song, yeah. definitely. Nah, I mean, with sample clearances, it's funny. Like, it depends, sometimes right? you have a sample clearance budget. Yeah. And then sometimes it's just like some people don't want to clear it. Like, I could see coming to America and being like, we're not clearing it. Yeah, because honestly, it's like who it's harder. That, who would that go through? Who would that go through though? Like, you're not knocking on Eddie Murphy's door and being like, "Hey, can you help?" But movies are different. Yeah, yeah, it had to probably be the composer. the composer. But also, it's like finding whoever this mm-hmm. like it's who kind owns of, it. Yeah, it's like, huh? Like that's that's a harder process because they have people that are like they're tasked with finding yeah. the people who can clear this. I I used to work with the sample clearance guy at UMG. That's how I find out who like who be on whose album that was about to come out because he would be working on it and be like, "Oh, I'm trying to find." This person, and so they can yeah. clear their verse, or this person, so they can clear the sample. Um, I remember we were, we were they were doing Scorpion. They were, tr- the, I think, the last song they were trying to clear was "Talk Up," 
mm. and, and they couldn't find DJ Paul. He was like, I can't find this nigga. Oh, that's, yeah. if, and if I can't if I can't clear this by eight o'clock, the album's not coming out today. And I and I remember being like, yo, that's that's pretty fucking stressful. It was like, yo, this nigga's literally not answering his phone. Yeah, sometimes these niggas just don't answer for yeah. random numbers. Exactly. It's just one Japanese band that everybody samples all the time that never clears shit are super expensive. It's always, it always happens. I forget the name of their band, but shit never happens. Um, but what's really good, I think the biggest casualty of um, of Sample Gate, but I'm ready, which I'm ready was on the Pain of Fool soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And they put this on here the third time or fourth time you're hearing this song. This yeah. song had already been out a year a year ago. Great fucking song. Great song, but old as hell by the time yeah. it's diplomatic community. Uh, then you have uh, about it, about it. Part three had a video. Yep, that was that was also on one of the mixtapes too. That was on Dream Team also. It yeah, was on the, damn, the, the that was free time. Yeah, so that was yeah. on the mixtape. Dream. Yeah, damn, mm-hmm. that's crazy. This is when we're starting to get like, I'm like, this album's getting long in the tooth, buddy. Yeah. Like, it's literally mm-hmm. like, yeah, we need to we need to wrap this up. Cool that they had Master P on here though. Yeah, no, super dope. And just like remixing about it, about it is just dope to me. And then we had built this city, a seven minute Opus. song. <laughs> Everyone had like 48 bars. I remember Built to See. I love that song so much. That was like one of my ringtones for one of my side, not sidekicks, the Chirp. Oh, wow. Like my I-95, This thing I think. had the sidekick and the Chirp. No, I, oh, yeah. I was I was a cell phone fool. You like, remember when they had the song Next Tell Chirp? What song was that? Don't Hit Me on My Neck. Oh, yeah. Tell I remember chirp. that. Yeah. I literally, I remember I like worked my way up because I had the I-50. That was like the entryway boost yeah. mobile phone. Yeah. Then somehow I got like an I-95. <laughs> Yo, how? I was just hustling. These songs was like already oh, nice. These these phones like six hundred, seven hundred dollars at the time. I was hustling, bro. That's like crazy. I remember, like I don't know how I got the i ninety five, but I remember when well, I got that shit. I was so happy. But who was chirping you though? Oh, I, like that. That was like the like that was like the eighth, the fifth to sixth grade era for me. Like seventh and eighth. <laughs> like I had just hoes. Can you remember the like hoes? You remember when niggas because like the chirp was like a like a short range like radio or, or walkie yeah, talkie. No, I was a walkie talkie. Like, I remember chirping like friends and like just like yeah, chirp was how we talk. I wanted it because of Kanye, Luda, and oh yeah, and where you at? Right? Yeah, when that shit came out, I was like, nigga, I gotta have one of these. Like yeah, I remember exactly. that's like that's when they started to get to the three number ones, yeah. like I seven fifty or some shit. And it was yeah. black and they had like the sleep case. Yeah, and the, the texting was shit on those. Things. I remember they had a Roxy I ninety five. Yeah, remember that? I yes. had that too. Why does she have one? Not, not Roxy. The clothing line had one. Remember what? Roxy, the the surf line. You remember that? No. Roxy was like a surf line. It was like the the uh, sister line to Ruka? Billabong oh, or Billabong. some shit. What Billabong. The fuck? Hold on, let me find it. But Roxy. One 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 brief note is Josh looks that up. Um, I uh, uh I'm ready. Also making the songs I've cried to playlist. Yeah, I wanted to come. Out. You cried. Fact, to I'm ready. Fun fact about Joel's verse doesn't fill you with adrenaline and just just make you want to run through a wall. They try to box me in the corner for the longest. Fun fact about I'm ready and I really mean it. I try to fight to get um to come out to that song at my wedding last year. This guy, I'm and ready really? to get married. <laughs> and I was trying to come out to I'm ready, and I played it for my wife and my wife said, "Absolutely the fuck not. You're not playing this coming out to the wedding." And I said, "She didn't cry when she heard that beat drop." No. No, I'm how actually not, telling her to listen to this so she can understand how how deeply affected I was about Cameron and the Diplomats when I was younger. Joel's verse that was is like tear inducing. Like like I was I tried to come out to I'm ready and I was like I want to I want to come out to I'm ready and I want all my groomsmen to, to like cry. You know, you know what I'm saying? We all come, you know what I mean? Like it was gonna be a whole thing. And she was like, "You're trying to make this a way bigger thing. Like a you're trying to make your entrance a way bigger deal than my entrance." And I said, oh, "I feel as though we battle the interests. We need to have." equal entrances in order to make this happen i wanted i wanted that's that's a fun fact about me i wanted to come out to uh i'm ready or i really mean it at my wedding she said no. Okay. damn so, got blame, denied blame her and then at the end 
we have uh let's get it on which was like a teaser yeah to a song that we wouldn't get for another five months yeah what 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 album did that it's come on, out on uh Purple it's Ice? on for me to you for me to you it's oh, on for me to you at the yeah, end. Yeah. it's at the end it's at the very end of for me to you too let's Damn. get it on nigga <laughs> like it's at the very end of that shit that's so random and it's only the minute and then and then the album ends a very strange i feel as though for an album that starts like here it ends very like uh I like don't know, that, I just feel like that album was just like the the intro to Jewels. Yeah, and it it served its purpose. It set Jewels up properly for to success. Kind of mid album. So me. I mean, <laughs> and after that, Jewels would. The thing about Jewels is that he actually got like a second chance after that album because because what the games are missing. That's my favorite Jewels album. Yeah, it, it went I had that crazy. poster in my room. That's a it's a it's a great album. Yeah, like, yeah. honestly, like, like legitimately great album. And then he doesn't drop another album ever again, huh? Damn. Nope. Uh, What's the game been missing? Actually, had a very good advance that had me hyped. Like, holy shit! When, when, the, when, they, when they were still like leaking advances and bootlegs yeah, and shit yeah. like that, uh, that was a very good advance. He was supposed to drop "Best of Both Hoods" with Jeezy. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. The Jeezy uh, record on the Jeezy Wayne record on make it work for you, man. Yeah. That is a mm-hmm. fucking record. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna listen to that like in the car. That, that's the one where Jeezy starts. So I was like, uh, "Soul Five Drop Ten or something like yeah. that." Just some numbers, yeah. and I was like. Baker Sue's a regular dude. Like, like, I'm going with the other two. Yeah, he got this, off on that. This was Peak Jeezy, too. Like, yeah. Jewel's mm-hmm. boxing with Peak Wayne and Peak, Peak Jeezy. Like, come on. There wasn't a lot of niggas doing that. You know, and even Wayne was like, what, what are these niggas doing up there? Harlem. Hold on. Let me take a little. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But. Let me take a little quick uh, drip up, trip up top. Diplomatic community. I got to ask before we get out of here. Is this the greatest double album of all time? Well, no, because that's. Um, no. Fucking what's life the after death. Yeah, life after life death. After death. Honestly, life after death. Fucking all eyes on me. It's a lot of great fucking double albums. I'm sure there are people that would say Speaker Box Love Below. No. Yeah. I mean, I what, what don't you like about Speaker Box Love Below? Which one? You don't like Love Below? I think I hope Love it's not Speaker Box. Speaker Box is very strong. really good. I yeah, think yeah. Love Below to me is. Re- I don't think it aged well. I like Love Below, but yeah. I also I think it aged well because it's very much what these niggas is doing now, singing okay. and yeah. rapping. And, yeah. But mm-hmm. but my thing is like I don't consider that. A, technically a rap album to me yeah i kind of mm-hmm. give it that like eh. didn't that win album of the year yeah that's still that's crazy huge. to me uh, the last rap album to win Grammy i'm not mad at that because that it was that good at the time i remember i had the leak of that yeah like i was like i was yeah that should impact let's, the house let's, let's talk about that later this year yeah let's, let's talk about speaker box love below yeah. but um sure. i i think at this point diplomats their legacy to me you mentioned wu-tang earlier i said that was my they're my wu-tang Oh, absolutely. They're I mean, Wu-Tang. which makes sense because that was around our time. Like the way mm-hmm. people that grew up in the '90s were like Revere Wu Tang is how we should look at Dipset. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there have been no set of trendsetters that have been more influential to the game, yeah. more influential to people that are still in music today. I mean, Lil Durk, Future, mm-hmm. all these people have been influenced by by Dipset, and this is really, I would say, to a lot of people where it started. That's why I wanted to talk about kind of before the yeah. black community because like. A lot of people, for a lot of people, it started there, but you kind of saw it coming up. You know, what I'm honestly, Dipset's the reason why we can wear pink co- comfortably. Exactly. Like you have pink shoelaces in now. Yeah. I, if it wasn't for Dipset, that would not be happening. Cameron, he took the he took the bullets. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man. So that we could fly and and salute to him for that. Salute yeah. to Jewels for for being him. I I I wanted to get into like a conversation of where Jewels is or how you know what happened to him after, but it's too depressing for this. I I want to keep yeah, I want to nah. keep it here from where where he was at his peak. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, like, we kind of mentioned, touched on it, like, Jewels went on to, to link up with uh, Cash Money and, mm-hmm. and Lil Wayne yeah. and, and kind of do that thing. And, like, yeah, it's sad that he didn't drop another album. I never thought about that. Yeah, he never dropped another album. But, yeah, it's just that's just kind of the way the game goes sometimes. I look at, you know, a lot of these side, and I hate to even call them sidekicks, but, mm-hmm. 
you know, Lloyd Banks is very much in that that yeah. box. You know, yeah. like he's he's had a better output just given his mixtape run and all that stuff, but also one that was kind of like a dream deferred almost. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. I mean, you don't see many. You don't see many like second in commands or right hand mans like kind of make it out like that. Like mm-hmm. Jim mm-hmm. ended up taking Jewels's like overtaking Jewels's spot, but you had like the Gunners. You had um, I mean, who, who's more? You could even now? say honestly, Drake is a Jewels yeah, to Wayne. To Wayne, yeah. yeah, and he's probably the best example of that. Yeah, he was. Yeah. You wouldn't even remember today that he was Wayne's like yeah, sidekick. He was sidekick. Yeah. Like, Wayne was introducing him. He was like the quote unquote pretty boy. Yeah. Like, and now look at look at him. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah. diplomatic community. A classic on Throw Blacks. We don't know what we're going to do next. Yeah. We're going to talk Let about it. Let us know what y'all yeah. want to hear. I what? think, you know, we spoke about Speaker Box Love Below. That's another like 03, 04 album. Yeah. Like, we got to yeah, get out of this era. legendary yeah. year, though. Yeah. We got to get out of this era, though. Like, we got to, maybe we do something from like the early 90s. That would be crazy. Maybe we do something from the, I don't know. 80s. You know what I was thinking? <laughs> I was thinking De La Soul. That's one we could do. Like, I'll, yeah, I'm not mad at that. Because we're, that would, because I want to talk about, the the difference between where gangster like where rap was against the rap and how there were people rebelling against it. Oh yeah, that's and actually I, a really I good think topic. That's a that's a that's a crazy topic because like I think you mentioned it. I don't know if you mentioned it on the show or somewhere else. Like rap is kind of getting to that terminal moment where it's kind of overdoing it at this point. Oh yeah, with the with the violence and all this shit. And I feel like you know that would be a good contrast to be like, yo, this has happened before, but yeah. what's gonna be the light? You know that kind of breaks it up. So no, that's a that's an interesting thing to think about i'm even thinking about just rap right now and like even like some of the i hate to even call them softer rappers yeah. but like i listen to the katronada amine album and i'm like i'm like it's a lot of tough talk on it it's a lot of it's a lot of beating niggas tough talk in like just sex like yeah. damn nigga, all right i'm horny too but damn nigga. <laughs> but um ain't no con, con we're common at you know yeah, what I'm like what could just who just i don't know it's funny rap is in a very funny place right now i'm so curious to see where it goes next yeah but uh, we'll 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 talk amongst ourselves, and you guys let us know in our Patreon and in our comments on YouTube yeah. and uh, on Twitter. Follow me at OG Johnny Five, uh, Josh at Josh and Peas, and Mark at My Man MCs. Two ends, by the way. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys uh, pretty soon on the next episode of Black Paint Radio. Of course, you cannot forget we are on Amp Radio every single Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, with for Black Paint Radio, where we play the best music and we talk to the most awesome guests in the world. And we'll see you guys uh, next month with another episode of Throw Blacks. Don't know where we'll be or what we'll be talking about, but just know it's going to be classic. So until then, throw it up like a dirt bike. (laughs) See see y'all later on on Throw Blacks. Peace.